Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, we sit down with our friend Keith Owen, third degree black belt under Pedro Sauer, author of From the Ground Up, the Jiu-Jitsu Survival Guide for Beginning Students, and owner of Team Rhino Jiu-Jitsu in Idaho. So, good news. We now have a YouTube channel. If you're so inclined, you can follow us there and also watch this episode. And as always, this episode is brought to you by the world-famous Tortuga Soap Company. All the things you need to keep you looking and smelling good. Use the discount code PODCAST and get 20% off your order. Port City BJJ, home of the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. If you're ever around the Portsmouth, New Hampshire area, come visit us. We'd love to train with you. PortCityBJJ.com And this episode is also brought to you by BJJ Prehab. BJJ Prehab is custom videos to keep you healthy and ready to train for when we get back on the mats, which is hopefully going to be soon. Um, If you enter the promo code CORONAPLATA, you get a free month. Thanks, everybody, for your support. We appreciate everybody listening out there. We hope you all stay healthy, and we look forward to seeing you on the mat soon. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Welcome, everybody, to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. Keith, thanks for coming, man. I appreciate it. It's good to see you. I appreciate that. It's good to see you guys. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. How is life in Boise, Idaho? Uh, life sucks right now because I'm not training, man. And, you know, we were making jokes about getting fat. I was, I was, telling, uh, I was telling somebody, yeah, I put this out on Facebook, that the rhino is now turning into the hippo. So I need to go chain, man. That's awesome. But, um, you know, and this is a stressful time right now for everybody. But uh, like I said, I was telling you guys earlier, um, you know, I got more time to walk my dog. And I, you know, the lines, when I am out, the lines are shorter and there's nobody around. So, I mean, in our town is full of people. So there's not a lot of traffic. So, I mean, I'm trying to make the best of it. But uh, uh, it's, uh, it sucks right now not being able to train. This is what I do for a living. I mean, it's my call and profession and I can't train. So, uh, it sucks, but I will get through it. When was the last time you've been this long without training? Uh, years. I hurt my back about, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years ago. And I was out for like, I don't know, two or three months with a hurt back. So that, that really sucked. Oh, I, you know, I broke my ankle one time too. So I was out for three months then. So it's not the longest I've been out, but I haven't been out this long, uh, 10 years. I, I train every week, man. I'm training. Uh, I mean, it's what I do. It's, I got to get better at it. So, uh, you know, it's just the way it is. It's nobody's so, fault. So for people that are listening to this or watching this, um, I met you a few years ago at Rob McGow's, um, and it was really a, a lucky thing for us. We we knew Rob. I don't even know. We barely knew Rob. And I was like, hey, Rob, we got this podcast. Um, do you think you, you could ask Pedro Sauer if he would be on it when he comes to town to do this seminar, even though you don't know me and he doesn't know me? And Rob was like, yeah, of course I will. And um, so we went down and did that podcast and you were there. And it turned out to be one of my favorites that, that uh, you know, to have Pedro Sauer, who I didn't know, and, and now I've grown to love, um, and, and to have two of his black belts on the podcast at the same time was, like, fantastic. Yeah. And 
the coolest thing I think about it, or one of the cool parts about it was, I mean, yeah, we talked about jujitsu the whole time, but really what we talked about, I feel like was using jujitsu to change people's lives. Yes, absolutely. So go ahead. Sorry. So that, that was, that was like, it was a great, um, and I've met, I've talked to Pedro Sauer since then. I've been to another seminar of his, um, and to see you guys with him, you know, it, it was, it was great to see and be a part of and, and to see how you guys all, all live jujitsu. Um, so that, that, that changed a lot of like the course of, of, what I do or how I look at jujitsu in some ways. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, man, when, uh, when this started happening, we started cranking out the podcast, like of people that aren't local. And obviously I'm in New Hampshire and you are in Idaho. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the perfect time to, <laughs> to do this. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, you know, Professor Sauer uh, has had a remarkable influence on my life as well. You know, he'd really, that podcast was really interesting because we don't normally talk that way. I mean, we, we will talk that way, but just his very uh, teachings that he has done over the years have made all of our, uh, most of the black belt, Pedro Sauer black belts, uh, very focused on becoming a better person, you know, and Let's make no mistake, man. Let's say jujitsu is about kicking people's ass. Okay, that I'm just telling you right there. But so what? You can kick everybody's ass. What kind of vehicle is it after that? You know, and it's and we only want to teach good people jujitsu. First of all, I mean, I don't want to teach bad people jujitsu because then we're making bullies in the world. So we're looking for good people. If you want to be my student, you got to be a good person. That's I think that's we can distill it down to that is is I'm looking for good people. And there's a lot of not so good people that do jujitsu. I just don't want to be part of that. And, and neither does uh, master sour. And if we can um, touch your lives like that, where you become uh, focusing on yourself as a better person while doing jujitsu, man, the repercussions of that will happen all down the, all through history. I mean, way past when we're dead, you know? Uh, and that's what professor sour master sour has provided uh, uh, for me, a, a template to actually become a really good person i follow his lead on a lot of things and isn't he just a cool guy dude's awesome yeah he really is he's awesome we i loved him right away as soon as i met him you could tell that what there's something special about him you know yeah um he literally is the greatest jiu-jitsu instructor in the world i feel no offense to anybody uh listening out there but he the guy man he just, even I, I was in kansas city with him two months ago right before the this whole pandemic shut everything down and uh Man, I was watching. I was at this seminar, and again, he he blew my mind with the moves he was bringing. Just simple, easy things that you don't think about, and make it make anybody better. Little little things, little you know. Things, yeah, yeah. Not not big, funky, fancy moves. They're, that's not. But he he doesn't need them, and you know, he just shows you how to break down body posture and the mechanic using mechanics uh, to you know to break down the skeleton of your body and. It's just awesome. So I had a great time and still, still after all these years, totally learning new things all the time from him. So, and reaffirming what I already know, what he's already taught me too. He's the kind of guy, um, I feel like when you're in the room with him, you just feel, you, you feel better about, you know, like he makes you feel good being around him and it's not phony. It's, it's real. Like, um, I'm sure, and I've never rolled with him. I'm sure rolling with him was he probably didn't make you feel good. 
Um, he kicked the shit out of me so thoroughly that uh, I still have post-traumatic stress to this day. And he didn't even like try. It wasn't like even, uh, you know, I, I haven't rolled with him for a while. Um, but the last time I rolled with him, he, he, we're grappling. I mean, because I was, I'm bigger than him. So he was, I had him, he had me in his guard. And he goes, Keith Owen, it's time for me to choke you now. And I'm like, oh, you know, professor, no, no. I'm a black belt, dude. Just not going to, and then he choked me. And like, right as he's like, he's, I'm talking and he won't, he just chokes me. And so he's just a phenomenal. I mean, he can do everything. He can do everything that he teaches too. And uh, just amazing. And he's gotten better. I can't believe it. Just gotten better. The older he gets, he's like fine wine, man. He just gets, gets better with age. So, and it's, it's nothing he can be, he's going to be 80 or 90 years old and still be able to do jujitsu. And that's, that's what you want your jujitsu to be about is can you do it when you're 80 years old and still and still uh, have a game to you. And this is why I want really was emphasizing because Riddler is always talking about rolling forever. And a mm -hmm. lot of the conversation that you, Master Sauer and I had was talking about Elio rolling till he was not. I, I was like, did he roll till he was 95? He's like, no, 92. Mm -hmm. um, and and and. You, you, we all talked about rolling forever and the, the mentality that it takes to do that. Yes. Well, let, let's get a couple of things straight. First off, the reason what he's what what George is trying to say is that I'm 56, so I'm super old, and that's what he's really trying to say. Not he's being polite because Amanda's there, but what he's trying to say is he needs somebody to represent being super old. So. Yeah, I like the idea of rolling forever. I've actually known George for 20-something years. We started, uh, well, I started judo. He was already vitamin G wearing the green belt. So, you know, that was a different thing. But uh, I wanted to make a comment about uh, Pedro Sauer. I've, I've never met um, Mr. Sauer. I've never, uh, you know, I don't have any personal relationship with him like you guys do. But the funny thing is um, I came into jujitsu out of judo. So I had a, a number of years of judo. and. Just like anybody who would do that, you know, you come into jujitsu and you wonder, you know, I mean, this is different. You know, you, you want to be loyal to your art. You know, you want to think da-da-da. But obviously, I had the same experience most people did, which is I come in with certain strengths, but I still got my, you know, my everything got destroyed right away. And uh, it was funny because uh, one of the first things that I saw with jujitsu was on the internet, was on YouTube, and you probably know where I'm going with this, it's... Pedro Sauer and, uh, and this huge uh, uh, bod bodybuilder dude, Lance something. And, Lance Bachelor. Okay, Lance Bachelor. And, Mr. Utah. <laughs> I mean, beyond the – well, and, and we're all jujitsu people. Most of the people who listen to this podcast are jujitsu people. So beyond the fact that you're pretty much, you know, once you've had – a couple of years in, you got a lot of advantages over anybody who isn't, you know, going to be able to do this um, or who isn't trained, but just a total dismantling. And, you know, uh, at that point, it, you know, it couldn't be more, you know, uh, small versus big or whatever. And the thing was, so I had this impression of what this man is like, because there's no talking in there. And then, I don't know, a couple of years later, I'm watching some video and there's this super nice guy, you know, with very composed, calm, direct. It's not saying um all the time, just mm -hmm. straightforward, right? And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. oh, that's, that's cool. It's a 
a little older than most of the other people that I know, you know, that's someone who, you know, I can, I can look at, I'm like, wait a minute, that can't be possibly the same dude, right? Yeah. Now, of course, a couple of years later into, uh, into your jujitsu career, you understand how that all happens. But I think that's where I'm relating to the idea of rolling forever, which is that the problem with the roll forever concept is the people that are rolling forever are usually black belts, right? So <laughs> there's like a, there's sort of a, a, a little bit of a feedback loop here. And, uh, and so that's one of the things I found was interesting was that you see a number of older people going, but you don't see that many smaller, older, uh, you know, older people who are rolling hard and doing all the, doing all the great work. And uh, I think that was just something that made an impression on me right away. And I'd love to meet him someday. He's, he's definitely a great man. And, uh, uh, I've seen him mad on a couple occasions, man, and you don't want to get him mad. <laughs> I'm certain <laughs> uh, of that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, uh, he'll fight. I mean, that, I, I've seen that a couple times too. Uh, but overall, um, he, he, he's just a good person. He's just a good human being. So, um, I guess when you're a, when you're a black belt in jujitsu, you can be as nice as you want. Cause anybody gives you a hard time, you, you, you know, break their arm, choke them out, do right. whatever. So, and you can, you know, and obviously I'm, I'm not as significantly as old as you are, but <laughs> I understand that I represent the right. elderly. In this yeah. Business. No, as an elderly man, you know, that, uh, you know, you're thinking, you're hoping that you can get to, you know, that advanced age and still grapple. And I assure you, you can, you will, uh, if you, if you follow the Pedro Sauer thought process of jujitsu. Right. Well, we're lucky to, to roll with a, with an interesting group where that, that, you know, that spans all the way from people who, you know, compete on the world level all the way down to people who are just super casual. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, we, I'm, I'm lucky. That's one of the reasons why I'm at the, at the, uh, the club that I'm at, but, uh, it's great to see that around. And, and the other thing is that it's great to see, you do see older people, older professors who won't roll. You see older professors who, who are, I mean, if you're injured and you can't do it, you can't do it. But I think it's more, you know, hiding behind the idea that they're getting older and all that. And yes, it's fantastic to see this uh, passed on. What do you think? Are you gonna are you gonna keep this going? I know it's uh, a business am I gonna, as well, but but yeah, are you gonna? Am keep I gonna going? keep grappling? Yeah, I'm in it till I'm ninety. I'm gonna grapple all the time. So uh, I I have no whatever anybody else does. If you're a black belt and you don't want to grapple anymore, that's okay with me. That's fine. But I, I know personally that uh, I am going to, I am going, this, this, um, this thing that I'm doing is going to last till I'm 90 years old. All right. The, you know, the, the, the study that I'm doing on jujitsu. So you got to put it to the test. You got to make sure that, you know, how can I, how can I know jujitsu if I don't put it to the test uh, all the time? It doesn't matter if you're 21 or you're 51 or whatever, um, it's, it's got to, you know, they're way bigger than me, way smaller than me. I, I think one of the things that will help to understand in jujitsu too, if I, I think I'm going off on a tangent right now, but good, if you that's all, a good idea. If, and I do that all yes. the time and I just talk to myself, but I think if you um, always think of jujitsu in this thought that everybody that you grapple is 50 pounds heavier than you, right? And, and younger than you, if you will keep that in your mind when you're grappling and, and, and make your game off of that, like, cause you've grappled with big, huge guys before and they, they're clonking you down. That should be the norm and not somebody your size or lower. I mean, cause what you can do with somebody against your weight class, fantastic. All right. You could be a little more athletic, but if a dude's always bigger than you, then that technique will shine through. And if you can, if you can be beat up on guys, submit guys, you know, 
roll around with guys and carry yourself against people that are uh, bigger and stronger, then you know your jujitsu is on the right track and you're not getting injured at the same time. Right. One of the, one of the aspects of this is how far you get ahead at what time in your life, where your injuries are, whether this, regretfully, I brought uh, some really terrible knees, bad injuries and bad, uh, you know, they're both repaired and ACLs and all that kind of stuff. I don't have any bones and then we don't have any cartilage in the left knee. And so that makes learning things more difficult on one level. I'm not complaining. I'm saying that I'm happy that I got a lot of stuff early so that I got out in front. I, I want to be encouraging to people that are in that sort of 30 to 50 age group that, that you, you, that's, this is the time you got to get it going. It, it gets harder to get dramatically better quickly as at least in my experience, as I get older, because uh, the difference between, so I come in at 178, like we got some, you know, 200 plus 25 year old guy who's competing. There's just, it's going to be a rough day for me. And I don't mind. I mean, it's fun. I'm going to have fun no matter what, but speaking on behalf of the older grappler, it feels like um, I'm asking you to sort of weigh in on that as you slowly, you know, maybe 10 years from now, you're going to be where I am and uh, 15 years. I don't know. 20. 20, 20 years <laughs> um, when you get there, it's like, uh, you know, how, what do you think? What do you, I mean, obviously you have students that are in that, that situation there. How do you, uh, how do you approach that? How do you, how do you keep them getting better? In other words, I'm fine staying here. I mean, I'll probably be this, this way for the rest of the time. Getting a lot better is rough because I'm slowing down. I'm getting weaker. It's harder to keep the, the, you know, the, the, the energy up. Yes. What do you think? Well, this is a different thought process of jujitsu that I have than, than uh, normal people. And this comes from Professor Sauer as well. You know, and I, I told you that the, the, you know, if a guy's 50 pounds heavier and your jujitsu is working, that's good, right? And what we got to rely on is we can't rely on, we, you, as you get older, you know, people call it old man jujitsu. And I just call it jujitsu, man. Uh, I don't have, I don't, I don't put it in a category like that because I, I promise you, if I sat down and started teaching you jujitsu, uh, uh, what to do, I would show you ways that you could use your body in postures that will keep you strong and keep you um, and and be able to to keep a platform under you, a base under you that will help you where you don't have to go faster, stronger. I, I always tell people that um, doing jujitsu is like investing money, investing in a in whatever you're doing, real estate or whatever. If I had an investment that if you gave me $1 and I gave you $10 in return and it was on the up and up and I could actually do it, you know, I can't, but I actually do this investment. And again, you paid $1 and got 10 in return. Would you want to do that? Invest and you trusted me. Would you want to do that investment with me? You oh, would probably go, oh, hell yeah. And you'd be calling me up all the time going, hey, I'd like to invest some more money because I like where this is going. Well, in jujitsu, when you're practicing, you want to do... Everything that you do, when you invest $1 of energy, and, and I don't really know what $1 of energy is, but let's, we, $1 of energy, you yep. should be able to get 10 in return for whatever you do. That way, when you're grappling, I don't care how big they are or young or fast or anything like that, you have, you're using body mechanics in such a way that you're able to like sweep people easy. You know, you've swept people easy and got on them and you went, whoa, that was pretty sure. easy. That's how we want to have jujitsu when we're, when we're older. Um, but if you're going against somebody super hard and you're trying to push back when they push you and you push them, 
I'm going to tell you, the younger guy's going to win, man. So sometimes yeah, you got to yield and trick them and, and, and go and f- go flow with the go, as Hicks and Gracie says. And, yep, and, yep. Uh, and it's hard to express that to you verbally, but if I showed you, you'd go, oh, I see how it is. And just the, thing, just the, the, the process of which you use jiu-jitsu can really help you and hinder him. So I don't know if that was a great answer, but that's jujitsu shouldn't be about how much muscle you have to exert. It's used, it'll, the less you use, the better. And, and it's about the technique. Amazing. Absolutely. Master Sauer shows it just excellently. The small guy, how he, he just, you know, has his way with people. I feel like I, I saw I mean, one time saying in search of the perfect technique. Yes. It, we're, in, we're in search of the perfect body mechanics with perfect timing, uh, perfect technique, perfect move. And it, it can't rely on what your opponent is doing because he's trying to kick your ass. He's going after you, right? But it's, if you do everything perfect, right, you've had so much experience and you've worked with it um, and you do everything perfectly, you'd be so surprised at how little energy you use and how much maximum energy they have to use to get you. And I'm not saying that... I'm not saying that strength that jujitsu beats strength. Okay, I am not saying that because jujitsu is not perfect. And you, but you better have a lot of strength if you're coming to grapple. You better have a lot of strength, and you better not ever get tired. All right, because if if, the, if that go if you're if you start to get tired, your strength goes down, and then you know that's how you wear people down, especially when they're 50, 60 right. pounds heavier than you. And right. some people are just small, and they're going to have to wear people down and survive. Right? If you can't win, survive. Uh, right. And it's nice to win immediately, but what do you do when a guy's 60 pounds heavier than you? And then it gets worse when he's your belt level, you know, and then you, so, yeah. so, so w- as you get older, I suppose, first of all, your basics are good and you're surviving uh, and you're waiting for that perfect time to invest your money to get a 10 time return out of it. That's what we're searching for in that perfect look for jujitsu. Kind yeah, of what you're saying. What you're like saying hits 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 every time. You're hitting all the the spots because I mean, uh, if so, someone could be, I don't care how big they are, strong they are, they can come in if they don't know what they're doing. If these are a white belt, I'm not worried about it at all. So it's not yeah. about that. It is that search for being able to do that to somebody who's 50 pounds heavier and is a black belt. That's and a, a uh, belt. that's a hell of a mountain. It's a hell yeah, of a mountain. But uh, I grapple black belts all the time. I'm a big guy. So like let's let's take it from a big guy's standpoint. Well, you're a big guy. You yeah, you you have that weight. You can just do that to people. So what I do when I grapple with people as a big guy, I try to tone it down where I'm one percent better. I my output is one percent more. I shouldn't say output. My I'm only trying to go one percent above the person I'm grappling with. And sometimes yeah, I have scaling to scaling higher. Yeah. yeah, I don't have to like, so I have this white belt brand new. I crush him and I crush the soul out of him. Well, that does little good for his learning. And it makes me have to rely on, oh, my bigness to be able to submit people. And I don't want that as a big person. As you get older, you, you take your bigness away and, equ- and even it out a little bit more depending on who you're grappling. If, if I were going to grapple a blue belt young lady or I'm grappling with her, I don't have to crush her because I'm, you know, a hundred pounds heavier than her. I just, I just try to go 1% and it makes it fun for her to roll. And it makes me a lot more technical because I don't have to exert all my force to be able to accomplish anything. And if a dude is super good, all right, you know, that's fine. I will survive. Um, But I'm not trying to out muscle him or go faster than this dude. And I know that's hard to understand when I'm talking about it, 
But uh, as you get older and you get to be a black belt, you just, you see it. It's just like, wow, I, you can make your body do these things. And you'll be so surprised at how you're like, it's not that hard to do. If you've just right. went in the search of the perfect technique all of your life. I heard you say too that, um, and I think it ties in with this, is that, you know, you should, I don't know if you said you should be tapping, but it's okay to tap in the academy when you're rolling with your friends and having fun. And if you're competing, you should be trying to win. And if you're on the street, you have to win. But in the academy, it's okay to tap, right? I mean, just tap. And what you're saying right now is going to freak people out and you're going to trigger them right now where they go, no, it's all about winning. No way. We win every time. It's about winning. And We're I say yes used to this. Yeah, <laughs> it is winning is important in jujitsu. I got that. But you know what? You don't have to win. If, if you're winning is going to come in spite of you getting better. All right. And here's what I mean by that. If I if I grappled with one of you and I had to win, I would use the same old moves that I know will succeed every single time. All right. The go to moves that Keith Owen has for I got to win right now. I got it. The, the problem is, is if I have to win, I'm going to use those moves uh, most of the time, because again, if, if I lose, what's going to happen? Oh, I can't believe you tapped to him. You know, what are you tapping him for? You know, and all of that. <clears throat> I just know that um, if I want to get better, I can't be afraid to tap. All right. Because like as a, even at a black belt level, what can I do to improve? Well, I can get put in arm bars and escape. I can get put in triangle. Literally, I get put in triangles, and then I try to escape. I got to tell you, sometimes I haven't been able to escape some people's (laughs) triangles when I put myself in them. Because you can defend those triangles all the time. I'll just defend, and I'll never get into them. But what happens when you do get into them? Well, I... I don't know because I'm not going to get into them because if I tap, everyone's going to make fun of me or they're going to you know, put me down or right. But you have to, I, I, I think of jujitsu as like you're surfing, you know, you see those whole, the videos of the surfing contest where these guys are on this huge wave and they're right here and it's a just about to crash on them, but it, yet it just doesn't. And that's jujitsu. Sometimes you're put, you're in an arm bar and you're literally trying to work to escape and you're like riding the top of the crest of that wave and it could crash at any time and you mysteriously and magically get away. And you're never going to get that if you don't put yourself in those positions. And that's why tapping, like I want you to win, but I want you to win in a long-term situation and not the short-term. Uh, and you know, you know as well as I do, people get into these situations where they're about to tap so then they freak out, they spaz out, maybe they use muscle to escape. And really, it's, it's just teaching your body bad habits. Oh, I'll just muscle out of it. Well, fantastic. What do we do when we're 80 years old? We're not going to be able to muscle out of that. So you have to learn the technique. But Keith, if I learn the technique, I'm going to get tapped out and then I'm going to look bad. Well, why don't you tell everybody to F off and one day that no one's <laughs> going to be tapping you out, right? Quit worrying yeah. about it. Keep but it's tough it in schools because the master is like chewing on people and failure is an option in the school. Let me repeat that. Failure is an option in the school. It is Failure is not an option at the tournament, and it is not an, sure as hell not an option out there uh, in, in the street, okay? Now, if you're going to get your arm broken at the tournament, yeah, you, you don't want to get injured, but you're out there to win, and I got it. I got that. But you can't be in, this, in the school every single day with that exact attitude. Master Sauer says it's like driving your car 100 miles through the desert at 100 miles an hour every single day. And what's going to happen, you know, and it's a hundred degree heat. 
what's going to happen is your car is going to break down one day, man. You think about it. Your car is going to break down one day. So we, when we practice, uh, we want to come from it like it's a laboratory, man. We're just trying to get better using um, using that technique uh, and and understanding body mechanics. And and if we lose, man, we tap. I try to tap all the time. Just to let you know, I try to set an example and I'm grappling with my students. I will literally, I'm to the point now and I'm not trying to brag, but you've gone through this so much that you see people doing stuff and you go, wow, oh, they're doing this to me. Look, and so finally you just let it go enough and sometimes you just let it have it, especially if you've been working on the moves with them, right? And you just tap and my guys are used to tapping me out, but they know that I'm doing them a favor and I'm trying to set an example rather than, oh, I actually got Keith. Sometimes they get me. I mean, every once in a while. But most of the time, I'm so far ahead of it that I see it that it's like, wow, you're, you're not going to get me with this. But I'll, I'll keep climbing in the hole just so I can escape. So I, if I'm going to do that, I can't be worried. Oh, the black belt, the professor tapped. I'll tap all the time. It's not a big deal. But it's, it's not a good look at your school. But I mean, you know. There are some schools to go, if you tap, you're a loser, and that makes you go real hard, and I, you know, and you have that attitude of, I can't lose, but I just think it doesn't build you into a master of jiu-jitsu uh, when you're, to get to 80 and 90 years old, all right? And that's what we're trying to do at my school, is build you into a master. You can't roll right forever if you're trying to win every round at the academy, right? Right. And there's nothing wrong with tapping people out. I like it. But if you could just, I love when I can tap people out and I didn't hardly even try. And they were like, wow, you didn't have to muscle anything. And it shows, shows them the potential of what jujitsu can be. But if you're like, oh, I've got to, I'm, I'm just going as hard as I can and I'm using sheer force on people. I really don't think they, um, and I don't know, I, I, I haven't taken a survey with everybody, but I think they just don't appreciate it as much or respect that as much as you have to use your natural athletic ability. I mean, but how do right. I teach natural athletic ability to other students? I mean, I can't. Let's, yeah, I feel like there's there's a personality aspect to this too. You know that mm-hmm. that and that I I don't have a problem with the a bulldog tattoo school. You know, like uh, yeah. you know everybody just goes and kills each other. That's there are people who want to be in that situation, and that's a great situation for them. I'm not shitting on that. It's the idea though that in the situation that you're describing, like. I think once once you've been going for a couple of years, so I'm like a relatively decent purple belt, and it's like I so this is something that I experience, and I'm sure everybody else does with brand new people that come in. So mm-hmm. I'll grab somebody and say, "Hey, let's train. It'll be fun. I'll make it fun. We'll go and do this." And you can just see everything they're gonna do, and it really doesn't yes. matter how big they are, how fast they are, what they're doing, because they're just not doing things that I can see it. Yes. And so then, of course, that I know is part of the, uh, the the journey that I'm on, which is that, and then there's this other stuff that I can't see. Mm-hmm. And then there's that other aspect, which, you know, of course, is the best if I can pull it off where I'm going to present you something that you can see, but, oh, shit, you didn't see that, did you? Yes, you know, like, right. Like, giving them a fork to, to choose one or the other, right? And then, of course, you know, uh, I think as, as, as all of us get a little better at it, if we can address people who've been doing it for more than a couple of years, um, but haven't, you know, completed that first part of the journey with the black belt, I think that's the most fascinating part for me is when something's happening and I'm going, you know what? I honestly do not understand what's happening right now. <laughs> Super frustrating. And the funny thing is, it's one of these things, at least in my experience, so I, I'm pretty decent with the stand-up because I had so many years of judo. And so a lot of times I'll just 
put it on and you same thing here, here, no, no, no. It's you're so far ahead, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the thing that I wish I could unlock for other people. I see it in other people. It gets frustrating. You know, they learn a couple of things and they then they're looking down into this, you know, deep cavern of like all of this stuff they don't understand. You know, the first time someone barambolos you really well, you know, where it's not just they're going over there, but something else is happening too. They're doing choices back there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do? How, how, how do you approach that with your students? I mean, when you see those students that have been doing it long enough so they can see it, but they're not seeing it all yet, what's that encouragement? Is it just follow the leader kind of encouragement? How do you, how do you address that? Well, I, I personally think that people need me up to about Purple Belt. And once you get to be a purple belt, dude, you're teaching yourself now. I'm, I've gotten you the technique of the, uh, the understanding of it, right? I've explained the, the concept of being able to do jujitsu because it's not just about moves. Jujitsu is not about moves and submissions. It's about what you do in between all those moves and submissions, sweeps and counters that you're doing. How do you, you know, how do you, where, how do you hold your body? Where do you place it? What do you do? Should this hand be here? Should this hand be here? What you, you, I, I've teach that to you at purple belt. Once you're at purple belt, I think you can teach yourself. All right. Um, yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. Yeah, Damn it. Know. Like, oh no. Why is that yeah. over there? Yeah. And yeah. I expect my purple belts too. And this is what I tell them. I expect my purple belts to teach blue belts and white belts as well. When you're working with them, because when you teach two people learn. So I, I always want, and cause they can talk it back and go, Oh, I understand what I'm doing because uh, as, and as you go, you'll get more understanding about yourself. After a while, when you get to Brown belt, I'm just kind of like, um, I don't know just this personal assistant that will help you if you have a question. But most of the time you're starting to get yourself to that point anyway. You're great. I mean, then it becomes just about grappling, right? I'm and and you already have a lot of moves that you're trying to get your game, but I've already taught you the the fundamentals. Now I'll teach you the funky moves (laughs) at at Brown Belt. You want some funky moves? All right, here they are, right? right? These are the, Right, because there's a whole other game too. Just like you just pointed out, right? Once I have my understanding of jujitsu, I got my hands moving through here. Like, if, <laughs> if once you understand jujitsu, then you need to understand the other things. Like the con is on, like he just said, right? I'm going to doing this, but you're thinking I'm doing this, but I go to this other thing, right? You know, and yeah. um, submission on the transition, not just in the position, but you're on the transition of it, right? When you're moving to something else, you learn. You, you, you learn to attack right as things are, are moving. These are the things 100%, that you yeah. keep piling yeah. on to yourself. And, and that's what I force my students to do, right? And the self-teaching, man, when you get to a point where self-teaching happens, um, you're going to be fantastic. Let me just say this. However, self-teaching happens at Purple Belt, really having an understanding of jiu-jitsu begins at Black Belt. Once you get your Black Belt, the understanding part of jiu-jitsu really starts to kick in and people just get their black belt and they quit. And now, now you're really ready to understand jiu-jitsu and, and the ways that we're talking about to be able to get you to 60, 70, 80 years old. Um, if I could just say this story real fast, because uh, Master Sauer tells a story of when he goes to Brazil all the time. Um, he has a house in Brazil that he likes to go to and he, uh, they do camps and things like that there. And he, he was telling me one time that, People in Brazil, a lot of the um, a lot of the black belts in Brazil, they retire at forty, 
uh, 45. And they stopped, they stopped training with their students because the students at 21, if we're using a lot of athletic ability, the, the younger guy's going to win, right? And you're not using the cheating aspect of jujitsu. And, and jujitsu isn't fair. And there's a cheating aspect of it if you use it correctly, right? And you <laughs> have on. to discover yes. the cheating aspect of it, right? And it's there. And when you, when you understand that, then you're able to be the 21-year-old. But if you're going athletic ability to athletic ability at 40 years old, you're screwed. You're not, things are going to get hurt or you're not going to be the same. It's glory days in that idea. So what they do is they quit uh, and they always retire. And, they never, and that goes against what Elio Gracie is trying to teach is that we wanted to have jujitsu for all of our life. You know, Gracie Bahad says jiu-jitsu is for everyone, right? Yes, and it's for everyone for all your life, you know? It's for, it's for your entire life, right? You should be 80. Now, are you going to grapple at 80 like you did at 40? Well, hopefully you have that awesome technique that you can handle yourself. Obviously, I've not made it to 80, but I see a lot of – I've grappled a lot of older guys who are black belts, and they, they do just fine, you know? So. Right. I mean, so I'll throw I'll, – let me throw – I don't know you that well, but I, I I get the feeling you can handle this kind of thing. So I'll throw a devil's advocate out here, right? So obviously at some point, um, you have to go to the reality of competition. The reality of competition is that the 40-year-olds are very few times winning the Opens, the Absolutes, the Absolutely. things like that. There's a reason why everybody pretty much bails out around 35, that kind of thing, with some exceptions, of course, right? And that's so if this is really true, the devil's advocate in me, this is that old judo thing. Judo is pretty cool. You do it and then you kind of teach it. You know, there's, there's no making believe that you're going to beat up these guys when you're 70 because it's just not happening, right? Mm-hmm. This is a lot of bullying around and it's very, very that. So there are, a, of course, there are some exceptions to that rule as well. So how do you approach that kind of a, a thought process in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I mean, the reality is if people were 50 and they could beat everybody up at, at Worlds at 25, they'd do it and get the medal. Right. So how do you balance those two things? And I apologize if that's too aggressive. I mean, of course, I'm, I have my own opinion as to, and I have a great answer for that too, but I'd like to hear what you have to say. Yes, well, I appreciate that question too. It's, that's a refreshing question to ask. Um, again, there are two kinds of jiu-jitsu that you need to understand. Okay, there is the sport side of jiu-jitsu, and then there's the Gracie side of jiu-jitsu, and that's what I teach is the Gracie side of jiu-jitsu. The sport okay. jiu-jitsu is you're going up against a guy in your weight class. All right. So when you're going up against a guy in your weight class, you can use a lot of uh, a lot of aggression, a lot of uh, all of those things. And uh, again, I think the if all things being equal in that weight class, the younger guy is going to win. But but my my attitude is that again, we're always grappling somebody who's going to be fifty pounds heavier than us. So if you're grappling someone fifty pounds heavier than you, can you submit that dude right away if he's your equal? No way. What you're doing is you're surviving, right? We're trying to survive and 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 not and not get submitted first. So Elio Gracie was always saying that if you can't win the fight, don't lose. Okay, so as you get older, what happens is your jiu-jitsu gets to a point where the defense is so good that it's, he can't get you in anything, and then you can start your attack because your defense is so good. So my point is, um, when you're young, it's great to go on the attack because you only have like five minutes and you got you know, I got to get on this and go fast. But in the, in the real world of Gracie jiu-jitsu, 
I can go as long as I want, right? I don't care, right? right we can right, go as long right, as I want. Right, if you're right. 50, 60, 70 pounds heavier than me, I can't cut this tree down in one minute or two minutes. But if I can survive your onslaught and then catch you in something, I mean, that's the kind of game that you're going to have to switch to as you get older, right? A defensive game of don't get caught in anything, which isn't really that hard because, I mean, I've stopped. No, I know, yeah. Uh, as you get older, you've been around the block and you see all the attacks that are coming. They got to get tricky on you. And if, if you can just frustrate the shit out of a younger guy, first of all, that's good in and of itself. But that's not enough. We got to win, right? But you're not, but again, it's not, you're not going to cut that tree down in just a small amount of time. And that's like a, a little small guy, 120, and you're supposed to go, he's supposed to go up against a 220 pound guy. Well, that's not, it's not equal, all things being equal. However, if I guess if we're at a tournament and they're in your weight class with this time limit, with this certain amount of rules, and I got to get on that, I, it forces you to push the match more. So if you have to push the match more, what, how does an older guy push that in a cardio aspect against a younger dude? It's just really super hard. So, you, so the game plan is changing is what I'm saying. Yeah, you make a really good point or a really uh, a really cogent point. As soon as you say, what if you take the time limit away? Yeah. What if you what? take the idea that five minutes from now, somebody's going to get their hand raised? So you're, you're changing it from a sprint to a whatever kind of race it ends up being rather yes. than it could be a marathon, but it doesn't have to be. But the point is... One of the cool things about one of the things I love, so I'm a musician, right? And uh, I love playing impro- improvisation with other people, and it takes a certain sort of mindset to do that. And one of the things I love about jujitsu, judo, any of these kind of things is they're sudden death sports. At any time, you know, just the other day I was rolling with someone who I'm not going to name and who's way better than me, and we're doing the thing, and I've just did the classic. I'm way older, right? And I just look right at the clock and I got 15 seconds and I look right back, right? Yeah. Because you are not going to get me in, damn it, wrist lock, right? I'm like, no, 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 no. We weren't doing (laughs) wrist locks, right? (laughs) See? So I guess what I'm getting at is when there's a time limit, that's an interesting way of looking at it. So, George, uh, so you know what's been going on at at the club. Um, Our club is – it's an interesting sort of setup. It's uh, people aren't making a living at it, right? And there aren't. It's not you know like three hundred people coming in and out. It's as much of a club as it is an academy. Well, there's incredibly high level construction instruction. Uh, you know, there's a lot of personal relationship to the club. You can call somebody and say, "Hey, we want to go and roll." You know, you want to get down there and we'll go roll. And one of the things that's been happening is I've been showing up every Sunday morning until this whole COVID thing came along. And basically running an open mat uh, along with George sometimes, depends on if you're there or not. But I like those because we can roll for a long time. There's no timer on. I, I got to be honest. I mean, there's a time where I like the timer, but I have a lot of times where I'm really not into that. George, are, are, do you find – is that is that bothering you or do you find this to be – I love it, man. Some, I mean, sometimes we'll do, you know, a 20-minute roll, a 20-minute round is very different than a six-minute round. You know, it's really different. Absolutely. Really di- six minutes, you know, like, and, and sometimes I try to, if I'm teaching like on a weird night, like sometimes I will do long rounds and tell people like, Hey, cause you know, we got athletic, we got some savage athletic dudes. And it's so world level. And, and some, sometimes it's hard for little George, you know, who's 
small to get them out of the mindset because I can tell hey, you. Hey, hang on a minute. Are you whining right now? Is this <laughs> hey, whining? No. That, really? No oh, it's whining. your podcast. You can't whine on the podcast. I can whine if I want on my <laughs> podcast. Um, but like if I'm telling somebody, if I'm like, listen, you got to use less strength and all this stuff. And they're like, they, they don't like, there's people that don't, you know, they don't, it doesn't compute. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I make the, the, the round 12 minutes long, I don't have to tell you, you're going to figure it out eight minutes in that you shouldn't have went, you know, and invested all your money poorly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Yes. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. I'll even do this too. Uh, in my schools, we have we have a timer, obviously, but I sometimes I say 30, 40 percent of the time, I don't even turn the timer on. The t I go, the timer's in my head. So whenever <laughs> we're done, whenever I say change, change. So that way they don't know when it's. And so, right. And you go, oh, I love people who go, oh, we're just doing a light flow row. That, that's the only kind of role there is, is you should be doing a light flow roll, even if he's attacking you at full force. You should, your body should be able to withstand that and be able to handle that. Uh, one more thing I want to say, I don't mean to hijack this here, but one more thing I want to say Please, is- you you keep rushing. Don't rush. This is yeah. great. I mean, it's, it's so fascinating listening to what you're saying, Keith. Thank you. And the, none of us have anything to do. We can't grapple. <laughs> yeah, I, I get you now. The point system can be a little tough on people as well, right? Because if you're in my, like, if, if I, I have you in my guard and you pass my guard into side control, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm, he's, you're going to get points and I'm going to lose it. But in the real scheme of things, uh, so you pass my guard. I don't really care. Now I'm working on my side control. It's okay. And I should be able to, you know, I should be able to work my side control and not feel like, oh my gosh, I'm under this point pressure that, that. Uh, you know, which creates some bad habits too. I mean, oh, he passes my guard. So maybe I turn away from him and get up on my knees so you can't get your points. But then he starts attacking my back or something like that. Uh, it can lead to some bad habits in jujitsu. And I'm not knocking sport jujitsu because people right now are going to think, wow, you're knocking sport jujitsu. I'm just saying that's a sport. In traditional jujitsu, and in the, you know, when, you, when you're traditional jujitsu, when you're grappling in this school, this is all I'm saying. When you are grappling on that blue or red or green mat, you should be in side control a lot. You should be on the bottom. You should let people mount on top of you. You should let people get your back. That way you can practice escaping, right? Where you, and I'm in those positions all the time. I want to get so good at defending all those positions that you can't get me. Then I'm going to launch my attack on you. And then, the, then we're going to win. And, that, and then I'm going to win. And that's how you can be 80 years old or 70 years old is that, again, your defense is so good that you've practiced it. But if you're so worried about, wow, if he passes my guard, I got to keep this guard man I can't let him pass this and he gets to the side then you're like somehow you've done something wrong well, man I'm going to tell you if you're in a real street fight or something like that yeah things are going to go wrong and you just got to be able to deal with it and you should be comfortable being uncomfortable you hear that you've heard that before but how oh, can you God. do that if you don't get into these certain positions right you don't and I always say the lucky guy is on the bottom <laughs> and let me just say one more thing when in my school, what I do for brand new people, this is what I do to stop them from like being aggressive and muscling and then they get injured. I make everybody grapple with one hand in their belt. When you're a beginning student at my school, so good. Every, you grapple so good. with one hand in your belt and you don't get, so good. they go, why am I doing this? Because uh, you'll use your legs more 
and you can't like bench press people off and you got to sit and think and it and i have you put your hand in your belt and grab your ties of your belt you the ends of your belt and you have to grapple sometimes the higher belts if you're in my beginning class i'll make you put two hands in your belt and grapple and then i'll let i'll let the brand new guy have both hands just to show them this is what jujitsu looks like when you're an advanced student I can grapple you with no with both hands in my belt and still do okay. And I, yeah, I, I wrecked. I completely wrecked this right shoulder about a year ago and just taped it on and said, you know, I'm going to go to class, see what happened. And I was shocked how actually it wasn't. I thought I would be useless, but it not only was I not useless, it was actually not. I was probably maybe thirty percent down. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. certainly get problems, but I was shocked how it really wasn't actually that bad. And I think I learned more about the sort of George style of jujitsu, which is like, if you're rolling with George, roll, George is roll, yeah. <laughs> rolling with George is sort of like trying to give your cat a bath. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's, he's never there. You're like, where the, Jesus, get over here. Like, I, I won't roll with him, Nogi. I've, I've, in fact, you've seen, I, like, refuse to roll with him, Nogi, because I need to have something to hold on to just so that I can swing him around or something. But, um, but yeah, man, like, uh, it's interesting that that, for me, again, I'm talking about me a lot, but, the, but that feeling of, like, wow, this really isn't that different. Like, the rule, everything is the same. It's where my hips are. It's 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 who's got hips higher is going to end up on top. It's do we need to be on top right now? Can we sub from where we are? Do we have to be? All that stuff came from this this silly thing where I'm just duct taping my arm to my body because I really couldn't risk having it wrenched yeah. again, or it would never get better. And my older students, the the older the meaning the higher belts there are, I'm constantly challenging them uh, because. I'm going to tell you the, I'll tell you the worst thing in the school. The worst thing in the school is not getting submitted by everyone. The worst thing in the school is you're kicking everybody's ass and there's no challenge. All right. And when you get to a higher belt, that's what you're going to fight. Fine. Brown belt. You're just kicking everybody's ass. And so I'm constantly challenging my students. Like I'll, I'll do this. If you come in and I'll make you tie both of your ankles together and grapple people, they get all of their, they get everything. You get two, you get your both of your uh, ankles tied together, um, two hands in your belt. I'm, I'll tell them awesome. you have to higher belt. You have to tell that guy. You first, you tell me what you're going to get him with. So if you're a purple belt, I go okay. Tell me what you're going to submit him with. I'm going to get him with a triangle. All right, we're not going to tell him. All right, boom, and you go try that. Pretty soon, as as you get better, what I'm going to make you do is I'm going to make you tell your partner what you're going to sub- submit him with. And those challenges happen. But how could we do, how could I ever do that if, if winning were more important than the challenge of the win? You see what I'm saying? Like, oh, I, Mr. Keith, I can't do that because I can't guarantee that I'm going to win this guy. Mm. So, right. like, I don't care. I want you to get him with a triangle and I want you to tell him. And you'd be surprised at how they, these guys get caught in a triangle after they get told that they're going to get put in a triangle. That's that's how you get better, and that's the that's the challenge to push people more. But you can't do it if you're so scared about getting tapped or looking bad or your ego's on the line. Just you know, everybody in your school, just just give them the bird, man. Just say no way. I, I'll do. I'm going to do what I want to do. And pretty, I guarantee you, I promise, one day they will not be saying anything about your jujitsu game. They will be like, "Whoa, you're a killer." Yeah, because you've challenged yourself so much, and it's fun to roll with you, and you don't use any muscle. And you're just doing it like nonchalantly. And 
and I promise you can get there. I've seen black belts that are like that. Uh, I mean, it ain't happening in a blue belt, and it ain't happening at purple belt. Sorry, but it will if you do it right. It will happen at black belt. Right on. I'd love to hear more about. Um, you said the guy on the bottom is winning, something like that. Yeah. Tell me the more. Lucky, about the luck, the lucky guy. The luck. Yeah. Tell us more. About that. I always tell my students all the time. I go, the lucky guy is on the bottom, or the lucky gal is on the bottom. All right. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, it's real easy to do jujitsu when you're on the top. If you're on the top, oh man, life's good. Everything's awesome. Jujitsu is so much fun. Yeah, be on the bottom side control, getting the, your lungs crushed, and tell me how much you enjoy jujitsu, right? I'm telling you, that's when people decide to quit is when they're getting crushed on the bottom uh, and not on the top. If you're on the top all the time, yeah, you know, and I, I want to say, and now I'm deviating here, but when I, up at, when I first started jujitsu, there was no jujitsu in the United States. I mean, <clears throat> well, there was jujitsu, but you got it from the Gracie Academy or you, you were over uh, Henzo Gracie in New York and maybe Carly Gracie, and that was it, okay? So jujitsu wasn't flourishing. I got the Gracie videos and started watching, and then I found Master Sour, okay? And I started training with Master Sour. Well, up until about high blue belt, I really wasn't getting the concept of jujitsu because it was all about winning for me all the time. Up until, I, w I just had to win because m my ability wasn't much higher than my students. Does, does that make sense to you? So it wasn't much higher than my students and I had to keep in touch. So I had to like, well, I had to win everybody. And Master Sauer would look at me and go, Keith, you need to be on the bottom more. And I'd be like, yeah, professor, yeah, uh-huh, on the bottom. Woo, no, I'm going to be on top. And if we would start on our knees and I would slap them up and then I would push you over and try to get into your guard. Once I got into your guard, I would pass your guard, get side control on you. Then I would start attacking that Americana on the uh, deal because I didn't want to give you any space because then that would start making you get away. That was my, I'm serious. That was my game for a long, yeah. long time. And then it nice. dawned on me. The, what professor said, he said, hey, you need to be on the bottom. Well, I couldn't go, I couldn't mount on top of somebody because if I went for the arm bar and it failed, then they would be in my guard again. D you know. see what I'm saying? And they would be in my guard and then they might pass me and now I'm on the bottom of this. And I couldn't, I couldn't handle that because it just wasn't computing for me. And then I figured out, well, when am I going to get a good bottom game? Like, when will that happen? Is this going to be a brown belt that I decide to be on the bottom? So I just made up my mind at about blue belt, right before purple that, hey, I'm going to be on the bottom and I haven't quit since. So I'm on the bottom all the time. I love it when I'm in bottom side control. If you're, if you're on top of me in side control, I love it. I love the guard. Uh, you mount on top of me, totally love it. It's not a problem because I'm really good at getting out of those places. And then what can you do to me? I mean, yeah, I can get out of back mount really easy because I've been there 2,000 billion times, but you don't get that unless you're on the bottom. And that's why I say the lucky guy or lucky gal is on the bottom because you're getting more training being on the bottom than that dude is being on the top. And Master Sauer, if I could go back to him because he has such a big impact on my game, is he says that when you're on the bottom, your hips move better. You're able to move them and use them to feel and, and make your legs work. And so when you get on the top, that same movement will be there. But if you're, on the, if you're never on the bottom and you're always on the top, you're going to have a lot of blocky hips, which just, they clunk, clunk, they don't move. They're not supple and they don't move, right? And you see that a lot with wrestlers. Wrestlers, when you're watching right. wrestlers doing jujitsu and they've done wrestling their whole life, they try to get on top and then it's super blocky just trying to keep you down there. And I'm not knocking that. I'm just going, hey, 
the lucky person is on the bottom because you get so much that investment on the bottom gets so much more than it is just being on the top. I get bored being on the top. I'm a big dude. I get on top. You're going to have a hard time getting up, getting me away from you. But when I'm on the bottom, it's like, it's just love being there. I'm comfortable being uncomfortable now. So man, I got to tell you, this is funny because like, you know, we're in a period I've been thinking about this for a couple of days and like, you know, I've had a lot of time to think because there's no training yeah. with stuff, you know, doing. And I'm like, all right, you know, people are always talking about jujitsu helps you deal with life and all this stuff. And I was like, how is it going to, you know, how is it helping me deal with this thing right now, you know, and whatever. And that's what I came up with. I was like, man, I'm so used to being uncomfortable that this is nothing, right? Like, yeah, we can't train, but, but like, look at all this other good stuff that like I can get out of it you know, and look at the positives. Like I get to hang, you know, my daughter's home. We get to hang out with her. We get to do all this cool stuff that, you know, that maybe we wouldn't do. And, and a lot of it is because I'm used to being miserable um, from jujitsu, right? That, that I think that's the lesson, right? Is you can, you, it, you know, the misery is going to end at some point, either the rat, you're going to escape and get out. You're going to get tapped and start over or you're going to, uh, or you're going to, you know, whatever, but, but the misery is going to, there's going to be an end and you'll be okay after it, you know? And so I've, I've, that's what I've, I've tried to think about that the last few days. Like, how can I apply this to my life? Well, the middle game is super important in jujitsu. And, and let me give you a couple examples. You're the brand new guy in class. Uh, what are you thinking when you're on the bottom there? You go, Oh my God, I'm going to die. Everything's bad. Oh, uh, this is the worst thing ever. This sucks. I don't like this. Like, I can't do anything to that guy. That's your mental attitude, right? But you see these purple belts, the brown belts, the black belts, they become solution-oriented, right? Yeah, things suck. I got to get a solution to get myself out of this, right? And, and when you focus on that with the solutions, especially where you're at, right? You're, you focus on solutions now. Well, in your life, we're warriors, man. We're warriors, right? We deal with yeah. – it's not Stay warriors it. like we go into battle – to kill people, although we could or we could hurt them, it's life struggles that we're a warrior against, right? We're and and we use jujitsu for problem solving. And oh my God, this last couple of weeks, I've had to problem solve about my business, and right. it's I'm not thinking negatively. Yeah. We are going to come through this, man. And that's the attitude. And if you'll just do that when you're grappling, I, I'm on the bottom. Like I said, I feel good on the bottom. I'm on the bottom. Going, I'm going to get out of this. This is not my my positive self talk. Is always I'll be out of this in a second. And lo and behold, I'm out of it, right? I, I get what I think about all the time. And what you think about all the time is what you will get in your life. And if you're doing jujitsu and you have stinking thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Oh, this is killing me. I, can't, I don't have anywhere. I do, the worst thing, I don't have anywhere to go. I don't know what to do. Well, why don't you make shit up, okay? Why don't you figure it out? And, and, you know, pull your pants up and start, you know, coming up with solutions to get out of this. Sometimes the solutions suck. They do. All right. But you're learning a, uh, you're learning a shitty solution did not work for you. That's called tapping, right? It's just a shitty solution. It didn't work. It's not anything you need to go kill yourself over. It doesn't reflect you as a human being to get tapped. It just reflects that what you're doing at that moment wasn't the right answer to his question. (laughs) We have a, we have a mutual friend who, uh, who who used to say that uh, you already, you know, it's like the old, uh, I forget the guy's name, uh, you know, the joke that you screwed up a long time ago. But the point is that you've already made a bunch of mistakes and now you're going to pay with your comfort. 
That's Kurt but, Osiander, the other well, rhino. Right, right. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was trying to keep the uh, – anyway, bottom line is, here we go. So Osiander is saying that. But we have you a person who kind of pushed, ago. Yeah, pushed, <laughs> that, pushed that another, another level, which was, which was that now you're going to pay for this with your comfort, but you can pay for this with your comfort. It's comfort, right? Like So like you said, it, of course, if I had to break this whole thing down, tell me what you think. Tell me if I'm way off on this one. If I had to break this entire thing down to a friend and say, what's this really like? I think you hit right at the spot, which is a black belt or, or a high-level jujitsu person, somebody who's been training their whole life, someone who's dedicated themselves to it. They understand what's going on and they don't make those mistakes. Yes. Because they can see the world around them. They can see the strategy. They can see the moment. They can see the opportunity. They can see the transition. When they go to X and Y, I'm going to totally steal that from you. I'm sorry. It's a, if it's okay with you, uh, keep great. the con is on. That's con is on. a perfect way to put it. Yeah. See this? That's not what I want. You know, right. my favorite, the new one is uh, letting my, uh, I have a friend who I train with who's, uh, who's smaller than me. Loves the Russian. I'm like, oh, give me the Russian. Cool, because that other hand's coming over, and you're going to get Tayatoshi now. <laughs> so all that stuff, that's the endless part, right? Right. I mean, like, all of a sudden, my friend makes a little more sense. So it doesn't hurt as much to get beat up, because I'm looking at George going, he's just seeing shit that I'm not seeing. He's seeing it the way I'm not seeing. and. Yes that is something that I can achieve. And if, if that doesn't map into my life, I'm a musician. You just took away everything I love. I can't play live. I can't record with people in the same room. I got to do a, what's called asynchronous recording. Me and mm -hmm. I record something, I give it to you. There is, that is as awesome as turn-based jujitsu. I will give you the arm lock. What <laughs> will you do? Email me back. You know, there's no satisfaction. There's no... It does not pull me out of my world. You know, I have my demons. My demons are in this, around me all the time. When I train, my demons are gone. When I play music, my demons are gone. You took all this away. I'm lucky that I still can teach. I teach music. But to me, it's the same thing over and over and over again. It's about, can you see what's happening in the moment? Am I crazy? Are you seeing no, you, a different version of this? But that is one that's one uh, slice of it, right? You can see what's happening in the moment, but are you calm at the same time, right? You're not getting freaked out. Are you comfortable being uncomfortable, right? right. Um, and you, you can see it coming, right? And you have a positive mental attitude that I'm going to be able to get out of this <laughs> and not be okay. If any one of those things are, you're having issues with, it's, it's going to slow you down, man. It's like driving your car with one foot on the gas and one foot off the brake. It just wow. it really doesn't work that well. Right. I mean, driving down the road, I'm trying to, you know, pedal to the metal and then the, the brake to the floor, you know, it's, it's going to slow you down. So you have to you have to see it coming. Right. And you have to be able you have to be calm while it's happening and you have to have this positive attitude and all right. And and, and you know, people even at the same time, they see a, a, I'm a white I'm a blue belt and I'm grappling with a purple belt. They see a purple belt and they go, oh, I'm not supposed to win. Oh, I can't right. win. Oh, he's got his belt. I can't win. See, you're uncomfortable. And because uncomfortableness isn't exactly a feeling of physicality, it could be emotional uncomfortness, right? Mm. Or mental uncomfort, 
right? And I get mentally uncomfortable. I don't ever get emotionally uncomfortable. I try and the way I hold my body and position everything, I don't get physically uncomfortable, okay? Right. So I'm working on the mental side of that, okay? But you have to have those things in order to be able to be good at jujitsu. And it's not just about going and doing moves, man. It's about what's in your brain when you start out and the way you feel, right? I hate to, I hate to use the word feel, but there's just a feeling that you, uh, right, I see it coming. I've got my defenses up. I'm positive that things are good. I'm not freaking out about what's going on right now. And you know, white belts just freak out and they're like in the yeah. zone and they don't even know what's going on. It's because they're uncomfortable with what's going on. And so they have to like super concentrate. And when you super concentrate so much, everything's in your body starts to tighten up, then your mind will start tightening up too. And see, so you're not in the places that you need to go. So um, <laughs> those are the things that you need. I feel to be good at jujitsu is, is are, are those specific things. And it's really a lot of mental thought process, right? Everything's mental, but what we all try to do is, Oh, if I could just go faster, if I just went harder, if I just was stronger, <laughs> right? And all those physical things, but I promise it's not, it's, it's mental that you want to get. And that's why when you get older, you're using a lot more of your mental energy, uh, your mental thought process. Cause you've seen it so many times. You're confident that you know what's going on. Um, people will get a choke on me from b the back. And I am like, Oh, I, again, like I said, I'm riding on that wave, right? I'm the, I'm the surfer riding on the wave and it's about to crash on me. That's gotta be scary as hell, man, because I know, Oh God, I'm about to get tapped out. I'm not worried about the tap. I just don't want to get tapped out. Right. And so I'm like, Oh crap, I'm deep in the well here. Am I going to make it? And suddenly I'm calm and suddenly I get away. Holy crap. And I'm like, that's impressive that I got away from that. Cause, and if I had been any kind of tense or freaking out or not coming up with the idea of what to do, he would have caught me. And that's what you got to have. It's just a mental thought. That is the shit that brings me back to this. Mm -hmm. When that happens, it's like playing golf. I'm terrible at golf. I don't really know how to play golf. I know a little bit about it. Me too. But every right, now exactly. and then, every now and then you just, you just dime it. It's just right. And you're like, okay, right. all right, I guess I'll keep doing this. And same thing, every now and then, it just, everything works. And, and why did it work? Because you probably weren't concentrating super. You're just like, you're like, F this, I'm just going to hit this ball. And your body just does it perfectly because you're not stressed. There's, it's not a world championship. It's, and it's yeah. a beautiful shot, right? Well, that's how you, you know, I used to be a firearms instructor for a lot of years. And okay. I'm telling you, hitting targets is, is nothing physical about shooting. It's all about mental concentration, focus, confidence, uh, keeping your eye on that front sight, a lot of technical things as opposed to, you know, big gross motor skills, right? It's, there's a lot of gross motor skills, and then you got to be super technical to get that shot where you need to place it, okay? It's just like jujitsu. you got to be calm when you're trying to hit the spots that you want to. And then when you do go for something, let's say I'm going for a submission, that's the time that you can use muscle on people. All right. Uh, that's the time when you have a move on then. And I'm not saying like viciously rip their arm off, but I'm going, I can, you know, I'm going to hold it to me. You're not escaping dude. And I'm going to do this. I'm putting this on you. My attitude is you will submit right now. Okay. I'm not saying, Oh, yeah. hopefully I'm lucky if I get something right now. Right. But at the same time, if you're 50 pounds heavier and you're just working me, I, I can't go on that offense. So I got to survive and I got to be positive that I'm going to come out the other side of this looking good. That's how you get to be old and do jujitsu. Yeah. Boom. What do you think, George? I love it, man. <laughs> George, George in front of us that know him really well, 
I mean, with all respect to the belt and all that, I'm just, I mean, just talk, speaking as George's friend, George went through this weird sort of rebirth. And I think you, you've met him right around the time it was happening, which is that George is a tiny person with a giant head. And his <laughs> I noticed trick, that. I noticed that. Huge. Huge. Huge head, tiny body. He weighs like what? You're down to like 95 right now, right? So anyway, so... Right. So his, but his deal was he was running around the world, interviewing people, saying hi, making friends. The family's going with him. It's like his whole world is opening up. We went to Mexico. He's been all over these places. Then he got his black belt. And when he got his black belt, if you're only talking about you, you for a second, George. Yes, obviously, congratulations. Um but I'm going to keep talking about George, my friend. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, when that happened, like something happened. Like I had to watch him do it. And I've been around martial arts for a long time, like I said, with the judo thing and all that. And you, know, you kind of see it in people, but it's weird watching your friend do it. Because number one, every single one of his black belt friends that were like, oh, little George is coming around to interview me. This is going to be great. We're going to podcast. They're like, oh. Hey, let me welcome you to the world of being a black belt. And he got destroyed like on a regular basis. He'd come back to the club. He'd be like, oh, bro, like I'm, I roll with Kenny Florian. And he stole my soul. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going, yeah, I'm sure he did steal your soul, bro, because you leveled up. You entered the bar, and everybody was like, hey, you want a drink? Because here it comes, right? Like, we're going to introduce you to what this is like. But in the last, like, I don't know, like, it wasn't that long. It was probably, like, maybe three or four months before this whole COVID thing shut it down. You, you seem to be wearing it all of a sudden. Am I totally crazy, George? Are you feeling like – I'm sorry. That's not, making it sound like you need to boast. Not like, oh, yeah, I deserve the black belt. But, I mean, do you well, – Kind of getting now that you mention it, uh, it's almost been a year to the day like that I got it. It's like sometime in April is when I got like right around this time. But I mean, part of it, like I mean, one I got it with around a bunch of, I mean, I hang out with people that I have respect for and that I don't want to let down either. You know, like you know, a guy that we. It was there, Marcio Stambowski, who to me is like a Pedro Sauer kind of guy, you know, like legend. And he was there when I got it. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm around these people that are like heavy people that I, I don't want to let down. And I also, but I don't want to be, I knew I didn't want to be like the guy that, and not to, you know, disrespect anybody, but I don't want to be the guy that stopped rolling once I get my black belt with people that are good. I want to roll with the dudes that are good. Um, but I, I, I did feel like I entered a, a, a club, a new club that I was like, I just, and I opened the door and I entered the club and there's Marcelo Garcia in the club that I'm in. And there's Pedro Sauer and there's all these legendary black belts and we're all in the same club. But, but I'm like, man, I'm, I just got here. Like I'm now the new guy in the club. Um, so I felt, you know, and then I competed at, at like, couple weeks after i got it and and it was you know it was a an interesting experience you know it was good but but i got 
I got welcome. You won us. one. Stop it. You won your first no, one. No, I did not. And I did not. I lost no, no, you decision. You that was a sorry, I'm throwing a little it's shade okay. here. Uh, there might have been a little Brazilian referee thing whatever. going on there. You uh, won that one, but go on. So um Yeah, what a year, man. It's been like crazy, you know? What a crazy growing into being a black belt, I guess. But I don't even remember what your question was. It's not, but Keith, you can hear it in his voice, right? I mean, I'm here for my friend. What does this sound like? Is this okay? <laughs> well, George, George is definitely crazy. Right? <laughs> I don't know what else to say. And yeah. Look at it, okay? So, and he is your friend, so that says something about you, right? You know, so, um, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> what I. I just glad George. Let's just let's pick on George just for a second, yeah. since we're all sitting here. Might as well pick on him, right? <laughs> it, um, at least it's George's duty now as a black belt to be able to hang with people that are 50, 60 pounds heavier than him. He has no choice. Everybody's bigger. He's got to do the Gracie jiu-jitsu style of martial arts. Because, I mean, if they're in your weight class, fantastic. I just don't want you to walk around this earth, George, going, man, I can kick anybody's ass in my weight class. As long as they're featherweight, master. Yeah, as long as they're featherweight, okay. I'll kick their ass. Nobody else. I can't <laughs> win anybody else, but just in my weight class. And that is not how life is, right? You get picked on by people or someone starts to fight with you, they're most likely going to be out of your weight class, right? And your job now is to get better over a larger weight class. And, and, and I'm telling you, small guys can do it, man. Jiu-jitsu is made for small guys. It makes me a little jealous. You know, I'm a big dude, right? So it's like I can let things happen. You, little guys are forced. The, uh, into things you're forced to be on the bottom well that right and being forced on the bottom makes you better on the bottom because that's all your that's that's where you're spending your time I'm going to assume right so if I were going to grapple with you mr. you know 230 pounds that I am and I'm grappling with you is it much fun for me to be on top well maybe I should spin it around and let you be on top because you don't spend a lot of time there because I want to be on the bottom right and I want to work that right so when your goal is to be able, when you're grappling with somebody, if they're 50 pounds heavier, that you're able to sweep them and do whatever and end up on top and still stay on top, right? Once you're on, right? Because you know, the big guys, they'll throw you off, right? Well, that if you, if you do everything technically correct and have your body in the right place, grabbing on at the right, in the right way, you will have success. And that's your, that should be your goal for the future. Not just, you know, well, I'm really good at guys my weight class. Uh, fantastic. That's, that's awesome, man. So you better not mouth off to anybody bigger. Right. Don't mouth off to anybody bigger because they'll kick the crap out of you. And, and you, you know, you don't want that. That's, that's not why we designed jiu-jitsu. It's, it's a little man's self-defense martial art that they can use on a bigger man. And, and I have seen it work. I, man, I'll tell you the worst people to grapple with are the small guys because they can get and dig down in and be in places that, man, it's just, it's where big guys, I can't, I can't fit in myself. So, um, and congratulations on your black belt, by the way. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, but it is, a, it is like a new, when you, I don't when I got it, I felt like it was a, like I was starting over almost like, oh, hey, you know, here you are, here it is. And see, that's a mental thing. No, no offense. All right. That's, it's a mental thing in your mind going, Wow, I'm a black belt, right? And oh, I don't feel like a black belt. Man, you got the black belt. Be a black belt, right? And the sooner you act like, hey, I'm a black belt, right? Because you didn't get it because of your good looks, bro. 
I'm just telling you. Okay. Jeez, <laughs> really? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Be, That's a, gotta be I just messed up. a little over the line there. I, you know, I told you I was going to wreck my like career. <laughs> <laughs> he looks just like little mini Chael Sonnen, right? You know. Yes, so. he does. He does. But he got it because he has. he's good at jiu-jitsu. His instructor just didn't like, oh, I feel sorry for you, George. I'll give you your black belt now. No, he honestly believed that you're a black belt. And you should, I mean, if you just change your mind like that and the thought process that you have, uh, I mean, that's great. Not saying that, that you had a problem, but. I no, mean, I did. I, I 100% I did. Yeah. And, it, and it took a little bit, I feel like, for me to feel uh, comfortable with it, you know. But I did have that. I was, I was like, when I, I, we got it, I was in Mexico, and I was like, oh, I was weird for a little bit. It, it was a surprise. It was and that's a, the emotional discomfort of jujitsu right there. You're emotionally going, wow, I do. I feel like I'm right. And that those are the things that you got to be able to get in line, right? Your emotional, like I, like you get thrown into this, um, you, you go to a tournament, right? And you're, you're brand new and you're thrown into it, man. You need to get your mind right. Hey, I deserve to be here. I'm going to go get this guy. Right. And, and when you change your, I hate to be like that, like this, when you change your thought process, you will change your life. Well, it really is true. The what you think about is how you'll act. That's that's what all of my years have shown me is that what your thought process is. If you want to be a millionaire, think like a millionaire, right? You want to be a black belt in jiu-jitsu, you need to think like a like you're on the road to being a black belt in jiu-jitsu. And what would a black belt be? And, and you will have great success. The worst thing is, oh, I don't deserve this. I don't feel like I should be doing this. Oh, I, I better have respect for Kenny Florian right now, uh, you know, because he's so he's Kenny Florian. And no, nothing gets Kenny Florian. He's awesome. I, I understand why he submitted you. But at the oh, same right. time, in mind, you need to go like, <clears throat> Professor Sauer has told me to go grapple people. Okay. Hey, Keith, go grapple that guy. Okay. I never, I've never gone, oh, professor, I don't, I don't want to do it. It's like, yes, sir. Boom. I'm going to go get you. Right. And that's always been my attitude. When I grapple, it's like, I'm, I'm going to win this. That is how it's going to start out. Have I always won? No, <laughs> no, I got to have a lot, <laughs> but my attitude is always that. And that's, what's helped me to, uh, to succeed. If I could get deep into the psychological weeds of that. So it's great to not be the best in the room too like you were saying earlier that's yes i've always been lucky to to have dudes like like whatever kenny florian and all these guys around me that uh that can put a good beating on me uh but because that's where i've learned the most is grappling with people that are better for sure yes and 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 thank god you have better people like i said because Nothing's worse than being the top dog well, in the not room. Only that, even seeking out the people who are better. Yeah. You know, you're not, you know, he's seeking out the better people to make him better as well. Yes. Uh, and, and let me say this too. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. The inverse of that too is good. Seeking out people who are lesser than you uh, is good as well. Because um, people like you see purple belts, they always want to train with the brown and black belts all the time. Right. And, and John Danaher made a point of this the other day. And I hope I can recall what he said. I hope I don't wreck it. But he was saying, when you when you're a purple belt going against brown and black belts, how are you supposed to get better other than the defense? It's going to be hard to launch offense on these guys. Where you go and learn offense is on the lower side. Right. If you're a purple belt, you go and tune up all the blue belts to work on your moves, right? And that's not a lot of pressure. So, um, and that's cool. But if all you had was that and nobody to push you on this side, you're not going to be a complete fighter. So, man, you want to always, when I'm teaching people, I'm always teaching them to beat me. 
Okay, that if, if you took a private lesson from me, I'm teaching you how to beat me. When I'm grappling, uh, I might defend something and get out, and then I'll stop and go, hey, do that again. You got to do it this way. So that next time, it'll be a lot harder on me, right? And so when we're practicing that, when I, <clears throat> what happens is I get better too, right? My students get better, and I get better, and we're constantly pushing each other. Um, but we, you have to be able to work both sides of the equation, right? You got to be able to grapple with the, the lower belts and you need to be able to grapple with the bigger belts. But if you're, a, if you're a middle range guy going, oh, I always have to be with the brown and black belts, but you're, not, you're just rolling with them and not learning from them. Like they're not, you know, if, if you want some good lessons, yeah, go, go find the black belt and ask him to teach you. But if it's constantly grappling with them, well, your defense will get better. Your, your offense won't. So, so it's a, it's a two-way street, right? We want those good guys. The, the super awesome guys, but we also want the lower dudes so uh, we can tune them up and work on our work on our offense. And that's what John Danaher said, and it made me go, oh, that makes perfect sense, giving him the credit for that. What do you think about, um, like, having particular training partners? Like, I think pretty much most people will say, oh, shit, that's my, that's my friend. Like, I, oh, that's great. You know, or when are you, are you training on Thursday? I'll come in on Thursday, too. You have your favorite training partners. Um, because I'm a little older, because I'm in this situation where I am one of those middle people, I try to schedule out the week when we have a full week to go like, whatever, this is hard day, this day I'm going tough, this is the day I'm going to basically roll with anybody. I'm never going to turn on roll anyway, so let's just get that out of the way. So I'm going to get those times that I'm yeah. just going to get my ass handed to me. But yeah. I do have a couple of training partners who I'm lucky that are younger than me, that are stronger than me, but they're not as skilled. Uh, both of them are cops, uh, a couple of them are cops. And so they want to train all the time just to make themselves right. better. And it's cool yeah. because they have like a lot more on the line than I do. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, rolling long with those guys is more, there's a lot more learning going on for me because I'm going, that's not how you do that. That's, I try it this way. That's not how you do it. Yes, this is right. the way you do it. But at the same time, you know, one of the, I was lucky to have, both George and I were lucky to have a really good, uh, a, a really just excellent judo instructor. This old guy who didn't compete much himself, but it was a, just a phenomenal, phenomenal instructor. And I remember one time being down in Boston and we had all gone on to this seminar and some of the guys down in Boston are Jimmy Pedro's guys. And I just, I'm like, I would never train with those guys. And I remember just looking at the, at the coach and him just looking at me go, you should train with him, just like you said. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this guy's getting ready for the Olympics. What's wrong with you, right? And he yeah. goes, you should train with him. And I trained with him. I didn't die. And I, made a, I went back to him and I said, I am never going to turn down a role. In that case, it was Randori ever again. And I don't know if it's a smart idea or not, but I'm stuck with it. And yeah. again, do you think that, are we, are we speaking the same language here? Yeah, you. I, I like what you said about uh, you know. I do on this day. I go to. The, I might do this. I might do that. I do that too. Like like a couple days a week. If I, I try to grapple four days a week, right? Minimum. That's. I'll, I'll go five. I'll go six. Just that's tough, especially when I'm teaching and stuff like that. But I'll try to go four days a week if I can. Two of those days, I'm totally defensive because I'm freaking tired because I've been teaching teaching kids classes or whatever. I'll still roll. It feels really. I'm sorry to interrupt, but it feels really good to hear you say that. Yeah. Because it's there are times where I'm going in and I'm going, today, I am beat. I'm just whatever. I'm just going to let this happen. I'd rather be here than not be here. 
Yes. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm asking on behalf of all the people listening as well. We have a, a relatively wide base of people from young people to old people that listen. So please, I'm sure. sorry, I don't mean to turn into a personal lesson here. <laughs> so I, I interrupted you. You were, you were saying yeah. like you, you go four days a week. And yeah. So I go, I'll go too light, you know, it just depends. And then some, then I'll go um, for specific things. I'll work a specific position. One of the, one of those. So I'll, I'll just work on my guard and I just constantly getting people in the guard. And then maybe one day, maybe, maybe not one day you get full rhino. I'm going to kill you. I'm, I'm tapping everybody out as fast as I can. I'm not being, uh, I'm not being nice. I'm being safe. Just not being nice. Your, your self-esteem is going to take a little beating on this. And, and then I'm going to tune you up because I can't go a hundred miles an hour through the desert for a hundred miles in a hundred degree weather continuously every day. Right. And people always try to do that. I'm going to tap you as fast as I can. And that's, what's going to get you injured. We're just trying not to get injured. I go to the school. I'm going to tell you this and my thought process when I'm grappling right before I start grappling, I think about getting injured. I think this could be the time I get injured. And then in my mind, it plants a seed to be, extra careful not to get hurt because if I get hurt and I'm out three months, six months, that's, that sucks. My friend to be like not being able to do jujitsu for six months. Cause you got to have shoulder surgery or something. So yeah, I'm at my, at, at my age now and, and at your age too, we're just trying not to get hurt, man. That's what we're trying to do. But at the same time, you can't, you can't be so cautious that you don't go on the attack too. So you, I, I think varying it up, is a good idea. And what you do, you need to have goals. Okay, today I'm triangling everybody. Um, you know, I need to work on my Uma Plata. My Uma Plata is sucking. I'm, so I'm going to start trying to Uma Plata everybody, right? That's, right that's what you should have in one of your classes, right? But if you're so focused on winning all the time, when do you get to do that? When are you going to practice that? When are you going to take a turn on your, on your shitty um, uh, Uma Plata that you're trying to get it better, when are you going to take chances on that? Because he could counter it and put do something, knee bar you or do something to you. That's why you can't worry about that. And I'm speaking, this is might as well speak Egyptian to people because they're like, oh, no, I couldn't do that. I got I to gotta win. Or they go, yeah, they give you lip service on that. You, I know what you're talking about. And then what happens is they go back to class and they go full bore every single grapple. And they're not working on their specific things that they need to do to get better. I mean, I, I mean that's, that's that's what you do with a fighter in MMA, wouldn't it? You work on stuff, you break it down. You're what you're saying, though. I mean, uh, sorry, I'm going to be a, a little fanboy here but, uh, about it, but but it, this is not coming from nobody. This is coming from you. You it's said coming it. from Pedro Sauer. Well, no, I understand, and I appreciate that, that and I and yeah. I understand that. What I'm saying is coming from you, and I don't think that what you say is completely lost on everybody listening. I think it is sinking in sometimes people need to hear someone in a respected position say something they've heard a thousand times maybe that's something else we we can we can call out in common with all of us which is how many times has like my guy jay said oh you just got to get your hips higher or whatever and you're right. like yeah 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 then like two years later i'm like oh 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 right hips higher oh you should have told me that because i would have put my hips higher right Maybe this is the time. Maybe this is someone listening that's going, okay, okay, what you're saying is that I can tap, that I don't have to go all the time? I mean, this is one no. reason why we do this podcast, why I put the time in and, and set George up and why George puts the time in. What, this, what the, like the, the conversations are really important, man. Uh, if I can do a shameless plug real quick, 
Uh, I have a, I've had a book out for about a year now. It's called From the Ground Up and available on Amazon, by the way. And it explains a lot of what I'm saying to you right now. So people, if this is sparking something in you, you should read my book. And it was designed for brand new people going into a school that's all about winning and losing, right? It's designed so that you can understand the, I, I, the physical complexities of it, the emotional complexities of it, the mental. And I have a chapter or I have a section on each of these. And then I also have a political aspect of the school as well, right? So you're getting four different aspects that you should be looking at when you're in the school. Because if you don't watch out for the political aspect of jiu-jitsu, and I'm not trying to change the subject, that could come back and bite you in the butt right there, right? You should, when we're, you should explain what that means so people don't misunderstand. Yeah, well, the political aspect is there's a pecking order, right, of the school. Right. And if you break that pecking order, so to speak, uh, you could get ostracized or people don't like you or you don't get promoted or people stop helping you or people don't want to roll with you and they start ducking you and just different things. What the instructor's thinking. I mean, um, you know, stuff like, hey, quit asking for your new belt all the time. You know? <laughs> hey, is today, can I get promoted today? Is today the day? Can I get promoted? Right. Look how close I am. Can I get promoted today? Is that all right? Can I do that? See, politically, politically, it's a bad idea. Right. And I explain those things. So as a shameless plug, I want to if you're interested in what I'm saying, like the philosophical ideas of jujitsu, because there's a whole philosophy that should be taken in. It's not just a physical thing we're doing. It's philosophical and, and understand the concepts of jujitsu, because when you understand the concepts, you're able to defend better. You're able to attack better. You won't get hurt as much. It's a and people don't even understand it. And I hate to say, oh, I understand it, and everybody else doesn't. But man, when you come from a lineage of Pedro Sauer, Hicks and Gracie, Elio Gracie, the the closer you are to the spring of knowledge, the clearer the water is. Right? The farther away yeah. you get it, the the murkier the water becomes. Well, I'm super close to it, and listen to these guys for 28 years about how to do jujitsu. It I. My seminars are weird too, I want to tell you, because I'll go in and I'll show stuff to make it a lot easier and it's blowing people's minds like, no, this shouldn't be working like this. This, this isn't the way my instructor taught this. And, and it's like, yes, this is the way to do it so that you can invest your money, whatever that, your energy right, and get right. a lot back in return, right? And people just blows their mind. But there's a level of jujitsu out there, especially Pedro Sauer jujitsu, if I can say it, the invisible jujitsu, if you've heard of that, right? That just blows people's mind, and when you and and that's what my book dis, discusses too is just how you should do in your jujitsu. Because my goal is to get you from white to black. If if I could just get one person from white to black, my life will be um, my life will have meaning to it. All right. Now I I promoted a lot of black belts now, but if I could if I could just many white belts to black belts as I can and spread jujitsu all across the world. Uh, my life will be complete. And it's really hard to do it when I'm in quarantine. Right? <laughs> but Why it's a great you... time to buy the book because you've got <laughs> time. To... <laughs> I tell you, yeah. Carlos Machado, if I can say this, just recently contacted me and told me how much he liked my book. And I went, oh, Absolutely. and I, again, and emotionally in my mind, I went, oh my God, Carlos Machado, is he supposed to be like, I go, stop, stop with that. You're, that's your attitude right. of you don't deserve to have Carlos Machado read your book and like it. yes. Because what I'm saying is it reverberated with him. He's, he's like, yes, this is the way. All right? Why if did you're you... Mandalorian, this is the way. Right? <laughs> so why did, uh, why, did you write, why, did, why did you write the book in the first place? What did, what, why did you? Sure as hell did you... wasn't to make money. 
I'm serious because okay. there, there's not a lot of money in, in publishing videos and stuff. like. I mean, uh, on right. the bigger, super huge names like the John Danaher's of the world, yeah, there's money there. But for most of us, it's about love of doing jujitsu, right? It's, I make way more money in my school than ever publishing anything. But I, there's a lot of people that are in Kansas and, um, you know, Nebraska that don't – and I'm not, not downplaying those guys, but they might not have the level of jujitsu – there might not be any jujitsu schools, right? There's nothing around. Well, you know, and maybe, maybe they're doing some Gracie online or something. Well, I'm trying to help them uh, to understand the concepts of jujitsu because I can't, I cannot let Pedro Sauer, Elio Gracie jujitsu die with those two guys. I have to go. I've, they've been kind enough to teach me this and this is the way to do jujitsu. And I need to go spread that to other people so that we keep them from white to black because you know, as well as I do, how, what's, what do you think? 80, 90% of the people quit jujitsu without getting a black belt. And I don't care. I, I'm going to tell you this. I, you have to be a black belt to get a black belt. You have to be able to grapple as a black belt to get your black belt. I will, I, it takes time and I am not ever going to go, oh yeah, well, well, yeah, he put in his time. He sucks, but we'll give him his black belt. You do not get a black belt from me that way. But the way you start is of no importance to me, okay? I don't have to have you winning all the time. I'm not interested. If you want to hold back on your grappling, it's okay. But as long as you build yourself up into that, where at the finish line, you're able to grapple as a black belt. Well, that's what my book is all about, how to handle that and at least stay in some of these really shitty schools, to be honest. I mean, there's some schools that are, man, they just- Of course like, there are. Of course to the are. lions, you know? And- and it sucks. Somebody wants to do jujitsu and they go into a school and literally get fed to the lions. They get beat up. They don't learn anything right on their first day. And they go, you know what? This sucks. This isn't for me. And that dude or dudette could have been a black belt. Um, that's, I can't have that. And so that's I why I really have a, yep. Good. That's why I, that's why I did my book, man. It's to help people uh, to get better. Cause that's all it is. I'm going to die one day. It's not how much money I have. I mean, I can't take that with me, but I can at least, keep on going with Pedro Sauer Jiu-Jitsu and, and spreading it to the world because Professor Sauer, these ideas of using good technique and body al alignment and, uh, and all of these things, he, he's given to me. And, and that's the way, man. That's the way to do Jiu-Jitsu, to become a master of Jiu-Jitsu. And that's what we're trying to spread. It's not how tough you are. It's not how that you can tap everybody because you're not going to be able to tap everybody in the world. It's okay. You can't, you can't just be tapping people to gain an ego boost. Because I'm telling you, you're, you're, you're going to get your ego ripped out, everybody. It's going to get ripped out of you. And if you see what black belts are the kindest, nicest people, because they, they just had the shit kicked out of them, all right? And, but it's made them a better person. And so that's my goal is to get you – sorry to be so long-winded on that, but that's my goal is to get you to be a black belt one day. And the more people I can do that before I die, the happier I'm going to be. No, it's hard as hell not about money. It's, it's perfect, man, because I was fortunate enough to be in the room with you guys together, right? For heard us. Hour, and I got to experience, like, you guys talk, it, Pedro talking about stories, like, of being in Rio with Elio and Hickson, you know, as teenagers and and you, I got, I've been around Pedro Sauer for six hours or something, and, and it had an effect on me, you know? Mm -hmm. So for you to have spent the time with them that you have, you like there maybe is a responsibility to you that you have to pass that on. Yes, there is a responsibility. 
And it's all, it's all paid to sour black belts. It's their responsibility to pass it on. I mean, what kind of person just gets a black belt and quits at jiu-jitsu? What in the hell is that? Like, why did you even bother? Because, again, you start to learn at black belt. You got to stay, right? And you got to stay and spread it. And when we teach jiu-jitsu to everybody, imagine a world where everybody knew jiu-jitsu. How would that be? I sure as hell wouldn't be uh, as aggressive as it is. Right, because you've already know what a broken arm is going to feel like, right? You know what getting choked out is going to feel like. So every, you're, everybody's going to be a lot more kinder, right? They don't their self esteem is going to go up. They're not going to need to and, fight and more honest and more honest, more honest. Yeah, more, gonna, more truthful, be a better more understanding that there's a place for, for this and there's not a place for this. And sometimes me shooting my mouth off means I'm going to get uh, going to get paid back. Yeah. You know. And only good people, I got to tell you, most of the time I feel only good people do jujitsu because when you're good and your self-esteem is good, you're able to handle the loss. You're able to compartmentalize getting tapped out. If, you, if your ego is so big and you're like, you can't handle the loss, you're going to quit, right? It just weeds you, it weeds you out uh, automatically. My goal is to get that person, the kind person to be able to get through to his black belt and not get injured, not get hurt, be able to be 70 years old and do jujitsu. Wow. Perfect. Right. Yeah. When you first started jujitsu, you had already trained martial arts, but what was your goals? You you probably didn't have that goal when you first started. To to train jujitsu? Yeah. Like when you first started, what were your goals as to why you started training jujitsu? Man, I tell you, when I was like 23, 24, every young man and every young woman thinks, what the hell am I going to do with my life? You know, I'm sitting here going, what do I want to do with my life? Like, you know, I look like an attorney, probably. I could have been an attorney or something like that. I'm going, I was selling TV advertising, too, and I was doing really well. I was selling a lot. And I always liked selling because I just, it was just me going out and visiting my friends. That's, that's all my thought process was. Again, my thought process was, I'm not going to go visit clients or anything. I'm just going out and visit my friends. And we're going to talk. And then I'm going to talk to them about advertising. And I made a pretty decent living on that. But, you know, there's got to be something in the human soul. You know, there's something in the human soul, I, I mean to say, that wants to give back to, to you know, to society. You want to have a life worth living. At least for me, it was. And I had to decide what I want to do with my life. And I decided I wanted to be a martial arts instructor because I, I love the self-defense aspect of it and teach people to defend themselves and, um, and not so much to change their life. And, and you know, and I'm, I'm not a life coach or anything like that, but just to teach people to defend themselves. And uh, I already had a black belt in, in Kung Fu. So, I, you know, that was really cool. Um, and then I discovered jujitsu. Holy crud, man, I discovered this. And I went... I loved, I loved pro wrestling when I was younger. And so I was like, oh, man, I, I want to do jujitsu because they're submitting people and doing everything that I like. And, and then it gets to be addictive. And, and I know that I can change the world uh, through jujitsu. I mean, I can. And it's one student at a time and might even sometimes be locally. But if I can nationally help people to understand how to do jujitsu the right way, and I just, I'm not saying I have all the answers or anything like that, but there is a technique to jujitsu that – I'm going to tell you this, those guys who are super athletic competitor guys, I'm telling you this, they're going to be 50, 60 years old, and then their tune is going to change. They're going to go, oh, no, technique is what you need, the better, because (laughs) if they're going to stick with it, they have to do technique. You can't can't keep on the road you're doing that you were doing competitively like this. It's just not going to work. And they'll start talking, oh, I got, uh, we have to have uh, you know, technique is all, all that matters. And you're going to start hearing that from these guys. And it's like, you hear, you got to hear first, man. It's the technique 
um, that will carry you through. And it, and if you're if you don't go uh, technique, I don't understand what you mean technique. Then you don't understand. All right. If if you can kind of comprehend the proper body alignment uh, and the way you put your hands in and the way you defend yourself so that he can't get you. First of all, I mean that's the technique of it. How you how you get somebody's arm behind their back when they're actively resisting and you're not having to like put every single ounce of strength into it. That's the technique of jujitsu. And it's there if you'll do it right. And they're little shortcuts. And I promise you, jujitsu is not fair. If you understand the technique, mm. people are like, man, I, I got nothing here. Yeah, because I'm using all these shortcuts that you've never learned. You're doing it the hard way. Two right. people just going like this. And that's, that's not jujitsu. That's, I don't know, combat grappling or something like that. You know, right. it's not, it's not the, it's not the, at least the Elio Gracie, Pedro Sauer, Hicks and Gracie jiu-jitsu. It's the invisible jiu-jitsu, I guess. And they call it invisible is because people don't want to, everybody wants to win. They don't want to think about getting better. And when you get better, you're going to win one day, right? It's, it's about developing yourself into a good jiu-jitsu person. Hmm. And that starts by being on the bottom. Because you're lucky on the bottom. Because you're the lucky one is on the bottom, man. And my students get pissed at me too when I fall down. I'll just slap, bump, fall down. And they're like, I wanted to be on the bottom. <laughs> That's what they say to me. Go out to that. I'm, I'm the professor. I get to be on the bottom. Like, <laughs> right? But you hear it somewhat, you know, like, why do you always want to be on top? Dude, you be on top all the time then. You will start totally. I don't care. You're. You're a black belt. Be on top all the time if that's what you want. Because I want to work my way. I want to submit you from the bottom and work my way out of the bottom all the time. And I'm totally comfortable, emotionally, physically, and mentally comfortable with being on the bottom. And it's, it's, it's not hell at all. It's, it's kind of weird, really. <laughs> it's like I'm getting beat up on and I like it. <laughs> that's, I mean, I miss, I mean, that right now it's a thing. I miss people try, try, trying to strangle me. Like I missed that. Mm -hmm. um, yes. But didn't you didn't you tell me last time we talked that like you you started jujitsu and it was like some random dude came up and started talking to you in a TV store or something? Yeah. Um, well, I again I was a TV uh, ad salesman, so I, I was selling TV ads. Great job. It was fun. I had to take a video, and back then it was like it was a VHS copy, you know, of video. Yeah. It wasn't a disc or anything like that or a, a little scan drive or anything. It was like you take the VHS copy. So that was, uh, I don't know, 1970. No, I'm just kidding. It was it's <laughs> a long time ago. And so I'm taking it in, but I was given it. I was given this, this tape. Th these people weren't my client is what I'm saying. I was just delivering this tape to these people. Right? I hardly knew them. Walk in. Is it called Mel Qualley's Electronics, Twin Falls, Idaho? I walk in. Mel, and I go, I'm looking for Mel. Uh, Mel's be here in a second. So the dude who just said that to me, I'm talking to him and I'm standing there. All right. And before this a little back up here, I was already in the martial arts. I was teaching martial arts on the side. I had read um, Black Belt magazine and they had the Gracie's in there and the Gracie's were choking. I mean, I just remember Hoyler Gracie. Right. And I don't think I'd seen the UFCs yet or anything like that. Okay. And so he looks at me, this dude, I'm telling you, this is the weirdest thing. And when you're ready for something, it will make its appearance. All right. I truly believe that. So I'm standing there and he looks at me, this dude, young guy, 20, my age, 23, 24, something like that. Looks at me and goes, Hey, have you ever heard of the Gracie's? Like out of the blue, like, I mean, who's going to do that? Some old guy walks up to you, George, in the grocery store. Go, hey, dude, have you heard of the Gracie's? Right. And you're like, where, where the hell did this come from? You know? And I go, yeah, dude, I've heard of the Gracie's. He goes, Hey, 
and he turns his head, right? He goes, hey, I got this videotape of them fighting. You want to check it out? And I went, oh, hell yeah. Let's, I want to see that. <laughs> cool. Yeah, because I heard about this Gracie Challenge thing, but I didn't know, right? I'm just reading about it. So it is a it is an electronic store. So he takes the tape with the V and we put it in, right? And we start watching and these Gracies are beating the, the they're, excuse my language, they're beating the shit out of everybody, right? And, and I'm like, and it's on, it's starting to go, I want to do this. I really want to do this. Yes, this is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm, right? And so I, I tell, and his name is Dean Heileman, this guy, right? And I go, hey man, if, if I can find a place to train, will you train jujitsu too? Yeah, I'll train jujitsu too. And that's how we became friends, right? And so, um, there was, again, there was very little jujitsu in the world, but I found Pedro Sauer and I've gotten every belt from master Sauer and Dean, Dean kept training with me too. And we would go up to, we would drive to Salt Lake and we'd stay there a good long time. We train all the time. And Dean got his black belt in jujitsu. And right after Dean got his black belt, he died of cancer. He had cancer all the way, a brown belt, all the way to black belt. And he was mm-hmm. suffering greatly, but he still grappled. What's your excuse, man? You know what I'm saying? He was always, uh, he was in chemotherapy, lost his hair, you know, and he was still grappling, right? And it's not like, oh, we're taking it easy on you, Dean. <laughs> oh, no, Dean, we're trying to kick your ass, dude. And it, and it, he was hanging in there, right? And he became a black belt. And then several months after that, he died. And man. that's really my story. Of, but I couldn't believe that I might not have done anything you know or it might have, it might have been later that I picked it up or something like that but we started watching Hoist Gracie on the UFC right and beating everybody right we decided to buy those and we watched Hoist Gracie and he was beating up on dudes that were bigger than he was and I'm going this is the way man this is what we want to do and I remember getting my black belt the day I got my black belt I think I thought holy shit I'm a black belt just like Hoist Gracie is and and I'm like Wow. And to make a long story even longer, <laughs> 10 years ago, I'm talking to this dude and this dude goes, he's, he's a friend of mine and I didn't know this about it, but I'm talking to him and he's, he was like a purple belt or a brown belt at the time. And he goes, hey, I have Hoist Gracie's gi from UFC too. I have his gi and his belt. I go, what? And Hoist Gracie had donated it to his father who had a restaurant and they were putting up sports memorabilia, right? And Hoist was like kind enough to give him that gi and then the black belt that he wore in, in, in uh, Ultimate Fighting 2, right? And I go, oh, hell yeah, I want to see it. So I'm, I remember watching UFC 2 and now the dude brings out this belt and I'm looking at it and I go, can I put it on? <laughs> put it on dude. And I put on Hoist Gracie's belt. That he wore, that I was watching, that made me want to go to jujitsu. You know, and it's like, oh, I was freaking out. So I'm going, oh, I was fanboying. I was like, I can't believe this, right? And uh, so that was a, it's a cool story. Uh, the world works in mysterious ways. And again, when you're ready for something, it'll make its appearance, man. When you're ready, it will happen, right? You just got to think positively. Dude, that's insane. I mean, yeah. to think just that meeting with that guy 30 and 20, 30 years later, whatever it is now where you're at, like what was his name? Dean, what? Dean Heileman was his Dean name. Man. Yep, got his black belt. And uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just thankful that he got his black belt before he died. I mean, I don't want it to want him to die, but you know, right. we all, one thing about life is none of us are getting out of here alive. So you got to die sometime and is die a black belt in jujitsu. For sure. Absolutely. Nothing. Dean, it's a better Dean, way to go. Like, hey, you want to see some Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, man? Come <laughs> over here in the corner. 
I got some of that Gracie jujitsu. I just hope they have training wherever I go. <laughs> you no, know, I just, I just, no, I want to keep training, man. Maybe I get reincarnated as somebody, you know? Yeah. Keep going. Oh, man. That's Maybe I'll right. haunt the school. <laughs> <laughs> we could be someone's angel. How about that? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Uh, and I want to be somebody's angel right now. And that's why I, that's why I preach jujitsu and I talk jujitsu and I talk technique because I, I, get, I love that analogy. I want to be the angel that's going to get you from white belt to black belt and not get you hurt so that you can pass it on and, you know, and it's going to go down the you know, centuries, right? We want to carry this on centuries. Uh, Jiu-jitsu almost died out back in the early 1900s. Mm. I mean, really, it, it really almost died out. Judo was because no, judo became very popular and jiu-jitsu was taking a backseat to it. It could have been totally like wiped out and gone. And, and, you know, luckily the Gracies brought it back too. So, and again, back in the day, there was a pandemic back in 1918 and we seem to have still kept wrestling in jiu-jitsu. So I'm, I'm, I look at that and I'm serious about that. That pandemic killed, you know, oh. what is it? Millions and millions of people. But yet we still kept on grappling and we still kept on doing those things. So mm. I'm hoping that that remains the same way. Oh, it will. Well, I mean, this, this is going to pass. We have the, uh, you know, when I was born, uh, there were no computers. So, I mean, we're, we're going to get this. We'll get this one. But yeah, it, 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 it's tough now. It, it, it is really tough. It's legit tough. Like I think... Well, a lot of us, like you say, you have kind of a warrior mindset. So you're like, all right, I'm not going to be training for a little while. We're going to be fine, right? It's all good. So here we are, like a couple weeks in, maybe three or four weeks in now. You're like, this is really happening, right? Like, you know, we can be warrior all day, but we're still not training. And at some point, it starts on the to couch. get. That's right. It's rough. It's really yes. tough to not train. But you know, the cool not- part, like the, one of the cool things, like about kind of like what you're saying with Dean and now even like, you know, in my case, I, I didn't really intend on starting a podcast ever in my life, but the Riddler said something to me one day. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, whatever. And then the next thing you know, like I just had this, for whatever reason, I asked Rob McGow, who I didn't know that well at the time, like, hey, you know, we're thinking about coming to the Pedro Sauer seminar. Do you think you could ask him if I would do, if he'd do a podcast? And he says, yes. And I show up and I meet you and I talk to Pedro Sauer and I make friends with Rob McGow, who's an amazing human as well. And yes, like, here we are three, four years later in the midst of this quarantine, all three, you know, all four of us talking about jujitsu, you know, getting through this thing. It's amazing. Yes. Real recognizes real, George. I mean, you guys don't know a lot about me, but I've been very lucky to work with some pretty amazing people in my life in a different world than this. And in jujitsu, I'm just this little little fish swimming around doing my thing. But there's a reason why you're doing the podcast. There's a reason why uh, someone like me is looking at you going, I don't make any money on this thing, you know? I mean, it's like this is this is a lot of work, right? But so if I can pick up on what Keith was saying, why can't it be you? Why like, can't it? are you going like, oh no, I don't deserve all this? Maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe the reason why Rob said yeah is because real recognizes real, you know. And maybe that's why all this stuff is happening. It's not all magical. It's because we're trying hard, working hard, and 
Trying and to we love it. Things happen. Let we me say it. this. You can do anything you want in life if you'll just mentally just say, I'm going to go do this. I mean, when you have that attitude, right, and you have the why, if you want to change people's lives, the worst thing in the world is to go, oh, I don't deserve this. I can't do this. I, I look and I see that all the time. And I, I'm sorry, I don't have a lot of respect for that because we only have one life. I mean, if you're going to be dying on your deathbed looking back and you're going to go, it's not it's not what you did do. It's what you didn't do that's going to affect you so much right at the end of your life. It's like, oh, I wish I'd have done this, gotten my bucket list going or doing these things. Your Life is about, life, this is what I tell people. I go, life is about getting up, kicking ass, and then dying, all right? <laughs> it, it's going to yeah. be like that, right? But you're going to kick ass, do what you want to do, help. And the more people that you help in life, literally, if you want to have a happy life, the more people that you help, and I help people through jujitsu, the more you're going to feel good about you and your life and what you have and what you're doing this podcast, you're helping lots of people to learn how to do jujitsu better. That's why I'm on the podcast. I want to teach people to do jujitsu better. And you're giving people an outlet. And that, that's, that's the positive thing. I just wish people would go out and kick ass and just do what they want to do and achieve what they want to achieve, but they won't. And it's okay. Okay, it's all right, because we need people in life to say, would you like fries with that? <laughs> right? And if, well, I, mean, I mean, there have to be people right. that do that. I got right. it, all right? And if you want to be the person that goes, hey, would you like to upsize that? Would you like to make that a large or a medium? You certainly could do that. Nothing wrong with that. But if that's not your calling and you're not digging that, it's a sad life, man. It's a sad life. And, and I, you know, people bring up the deal. Well, what ha I have kids now. I have responsibilities. No, man, go pick up the things you want to do. If you want to do jujitsu, then get with it, right? You can, you want to play guitar, go play guitar. You should. And, and that, those are the exciting things in life. And that's what I've done. And I've happened to be able to make a living. I'm just going through a tough time right now. with something that has not my fault, it's the world as we have a, a, a pandemic going on that's shutting me down, but it's not shutting my soul down. It's not shutting my heart down. It's just shutting my business down right now. And I'm going to overcome this adversity, right? And that's what you got to do as a person. Uh, just go kick ass. It's oh, that yeah. easy. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. 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 Ignore the naysayers and do what you want. Well, I mean, and, and to be fair, I mean, I'm lucky to work with people around all around the world. I mean, there's a lot of people in the world that don't have that opportunity. Well, they do have the opportunity to kick ass, but the hill that they have to climb to get to ass kicking is higher than, for example, mine, right? Just because of, for whatever reason, where I was born and all that kind of stuff. Because so you that live just in makes the United you States to, of America. Right. But, but, but let's, not, let's not just stop there. That's true. And the point is that the fact that I am farther down starting on the starting line isn't, it just means that I need to do this more. Like I need to take advantage. It's, it's respecting my friends that I meet in the music world that have come from, un I have some people from Africa who are just, I have no idea how they got here. I thought I worked hard. And these people are working like, they're, they're so far behind the starting line. That just means that I, if I don't do this, I'm disrespecting them. I'm uh, the worst thing that I can do is be like, oh well, you know, I guess I can take it easy now, you know. And so, I don't know. Uh, it feels like it feels like part of us are being encouraging to George, and part of us is picking on him at the same time because it's all about you, buddy. I don't but, feel good unless people are picking on me. I <laughs> when I get, but I, I love what you said, Keith. You get up, you kick ass, and you die. You're gonna die. That's yeah. it. And I, I'm guaranteeing that. 
Okay, I'm going to guarantee that. <laughs> That's how it is. That's very presumptuous of you, young man. Yeah. But but I think I'm yeah. with you on this one. I'm on yeah, this cool. one. We were. Right. I mean, we were all given a gift, right? Don't waste the gift. Mm. Yeah, don't waste the gift. You know, and I. I know there's a lot of people that dislike our president. Okay, I know there's a lot of people there, and and, and we could say President Obama or President Trump. Okay. What kind of self-esteem does it take to go be the president of the United States with, uh, with all the crap that is thrown in you, President Obama or President Trump, either one, the, the hardship that goes on your shoulders, right? President Obama said that if it weren't impossible, I would never hear about it, all right? Because if it weren't impossible, somebody, some smart person down the line would have already solved this problem. So when it reaches my desk, it's impossible to solve and I get it, right? And we're looking at our president right now, right? And it's like, what kind of attitude does it take? I mean, you know what I'm saying? To, yeah. to go and be that kind of person. Well, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, I don't know, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, they just said, I'm going to go be president. I'm going to go kick ass. I'm going to go do this, yeah. right? And yeah. They set out and they succeeded. And I'm not making any political statements. I'm just going, wow. No, no. You could replace you the, yeah. You could replace those people with yes. anybody who's super successful. You could yes. Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? I mean, you could be yes. anybody, right? Uh, you're right. Being positive is not something to be ashamed of. Trying really hard is not something to be ashamed of. Looking down at people and going, I'm a fucking black belt, so hey, I don't have to roll with you. That's something to be ashamed of or whatever. I'll say it if you don't that want to. That is something to be but, ashamed of. But, but I think that it, 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 it's not pride to say, I worked really hard for the things that I have. I'm one of those people that is, represents an outlier. And so if you don't mind me calling you out here as, as sure. someone, so are you. I am. In other words, people go, hey, man. Uh, dad, I think I'm going to be a musician. I mean, most dads are going to be like, that's not going to happen, kid. Why don't you figure something else out, right? Well, jujitsu is relatively young in America, but there are some young people that are going, dad, I think I'm going to make my money being a jujitsu guy or gal, right? And dad's going to go, are you crazy? You're my yeah. daughter. You're not going to make this a jujitsu. Well, they're going to point at you. And they're going to go, that guy did it, right? They're going to look at me and go, that guy did it. Look, I don't know how I don't live. I, I, I live comfortably. I live humbly. You know, this looks a little nicer than it actually is if you don't turn the camera around. You know, it's, it's, I'm in the entertainment business, but I'm happy. And my I make music son, for a living. My son came to me. My oldest son came to me and goes, Dad, I want to be a cowboy. <laughs> That's what awesome. he said. He goes, I want to be a cowboy. Like, what went, does that what even the? mean? WTF. <laughs> like, that's something out of the 80s. That's an 80s song. All right? I'm thinking to myself. And he goes, Dad, I want to be a cowboy. I go, okay, uh, talk to me about this cowboy thing. What are you talking Well, I want to train horses. Oh, you want to be a horse trainer? I got you. Okay. okay yeah, right? I, get you. I see what you're talking about, cowboy. And he goes, Dad, I'm moving to Canada. And I'm like, oh, what the <laughs> hell, right? Because they have great that's, training up there for horse trainers, right? And I went, you go do that. You go yeah. and you, I want you to go. And he's a horse trainer this day, super happy. I'm We're giving you a different. super hug from dad to dad, man. You did the right thing. You could yeah. have been like, hey, you an American or not, you need to go home now. Go back to your McDonald's yeah. job. But you didn't, man. Isn't that what America's? Well, let me, let me say this. All this too. Stuff's about. Here's the inverse of that. 
I had this friend who was uh, who, one of my students, and he was a blue belt, and he's a Japanese guy. And he came to America from Japan, and he's visiting. And he was really good at jujitsu, and he loved jujitsu. Okay, and he he I, I was really really good, and I would love teaching him. He did everything I told him. Things were going good. Then he had to move back to Japan. Oh, I'm sorry. He moved to Hawaii and was training there for a while, and then he moved back to Japan. It, it I got the news from somebody that he had committed suicide, my friend in Japan. And the reason was because he was talking to his father and said, Dad, I want to be a world champion jiu-jitsu competitor, and that's what I want my life goal to be. And his family completely told him no, he couldn't do it, and he ended by taking his life because he didn't want to go against his family. This is a true story, and it, it, like, it weighed heavily on me because I missed the guy. I can't believe it. I just wish he would call me and talk to me, and I would have talked him out of this, but he would, didn't go against his family. So it's vitally important, I believe, as a parent, that when your kids want to do something, I mean, not a drug dealer. So, I mean, you're not going to go be a drug dealer. We're not dealer, talking but, about that. Yeah, we're not talking about illegal activity. But if you have something that's weird, I, you know, I'm weird. What's more weird than a jiu-jitsu instructor? But you want to go be a cowboy. <laughs> You want to play guitar. You want to be a musician. Does it make you happy? Yes. Will you kick ass? Yes. Good. Go kick ass. You're going to die one day. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a great piece of advice right? to anyone in a position of power over someone else who, who can look at someone and you have a choice. You can look at a young person and you can wreck what they're thinking or you can hold up what they're thinking. Look, mm -hmm. they're young people. They're probably going to change their mind anyway. Probably going to so change their mind. Let them, I mean, all, to me, it, yeah, I don't know. We go on forever. But for me, for me, the one thing I don't want to die with is regret. And yeah. I know that the fastest way that I found when I was a young person to generate regret was to decide that I wasn't good enough or I wasn't – uh, capable enough or I wasn't lucky enough or all those things to actually try the thing that I wanted to do. It's such a simple idea, but I mean, come on, I live in the world of music. That's all, all, all I get is young people whose parents wish they would do something else. But uh, it's shocking how many of them go on to have perfectly decent lives as musicians. And if yeah. you don't want me, George, pimping a little bit of, of what's going on, is the coronavirus not proof to all those people in the world, I love, by the way, if you want to get up and you go, I'm not going to tie myself to the job. I just love training jujitsu, so I'm going to go learn a trade and I'm going to do be great at my trade, and that's great. Nobody's shitting on that. That's great. Do whatever you want to do. You want to literally landscaping, whatever. Do your thing. Be awesome, right? But I live in that world where a lot of people will go, hey, maybe you should get a real job, right? And so... It's funny, but if you can find something positive in this whole coronavirus thing, I'm looking at everyone going, what did you do today? Did you, did you maybe some Netflix, some, some music, some video games, maybe a book, some poetry? You know, art, the second that you stop moving, you go to the artist, right? So, I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. I really wish that we could train right now. I really, really, really wish we could train right now. But I, I have a feeling that when we come back, this is going to be crazy. This is going to fire up so many warrior class people to just take this to another level. I what do you think, George? I invited oh, sorry, you to the Zoom call, the Zoom jiu-jitsu call, where I did a full hour worth of jiu-jitsu. Jiu hey, wait, let's tell the truth. 
You were doing an out. You the one you invited me to was for a workout, not a jujitsu workout, <laughs> and I refused to do Pilates on the internet. It's not Pilates. I'm just giving you a hard time, Amanda. <laughs> no, we. Were I'm totally giving you a hard time. What Amanda is actually teaching is legit. I legit have another job that I actually have to do. I'm actually working full time right now. I'm very lucky, and I don't want to brag about it. So that's why I wasn't at your class. It's not because I think. And if I can be there, I will do it. Even if you just make me do sit ups for thirty minutes, I will still do it. Oh my God, we because I care about you, Amanda. No, I know that you are. I 30 minutes are. of jujitsu. We do 10 minutes of weights, and then the rest of it is all abs. That's the class. <laughs> yeah. What is it with people who are smaller than me and abs? But anyway. <laughs> they make your jujitsu good. Thank you for coming on, man, and talking mm -hmm. to us yeah. on a Friday night in the middle mm -hmm. of the corona apocalypse. Man, it's been great. Well, I was super busy and had a lot going on, so I was like, oh, but I'll fit you in. It was okay. Could you, you please? a lot of fun. Could you please, um, well, you haven't met Jay either, so uh, could you please do me a favor, please, and talk a little bit more about your book? You said, yeah. do you have just one book? Have you written more books? Uh, I just have one book, but I am an author. I feel good about that, right? That's a bucket list thing. But uh, it, again, it's called From the Ground Up, my, and my name is okay. Keith Owen, if you didn't pick that up. Uh, I also that part. <laughs> like, who was that guy? Uh, I also have a new video that's going to be coming out uh, on BJJ Fanatics as well. I did the... Did a whole wow! Uh, you and Danaher, right? Like this, yeah. like that. Well, it's awesome. Yeah, we're congratulations. We hang out a lot. Danaher and I hang out a lot. You know, I'm lying. That's <laughs> I don't know him at all. I'd love to hang out with him though. I just want to talk I'm to sure, him. Yeah. Yeah. I seriously, yeah. I just, I just want to sit and talk with you. That's uh, and uh, just brilliant. I think he's a, has a brilliant mind. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I did this video for those guys, so that'll be coming out soon too. It's on site. What is the video on? Ironically. Ironically, oh. side control top, even though I like the bottom, I, <laughs> I, was, I looked and went, yeah, there's not a lot of side control top games. It's called the Barca Lounger. It's, what I, it's the Barca Lounger side control system. It's not is it for, is it's it, the Barca Lounger. Talking, is it for gi or no gi? Yes. Okay. Do, so it's, it's, not, it's not just the lapel uh, system yeah, or whatever? Not, there's some chokes with the lapel, but you don't have to. It's, it works the same way. And it's, it's, um, it's really a crucifix from the front and side control. Where you have awesome. their arm and their, uh, they have both arms, one between your the legs. The Barca lounger. Yeah, call it the Barca lounger because you're just reclining, right? And you can sit self defense, pound that guy. It's so cool. Yeah, I was going to say, is it is it a little bit demoralizing to be caught in the Barca lounger? It's very demoralizing. Yeah. Excellent. So it's yeah. top. It's side control. You could throw somebody into it if you knew. Great for a small person on a big person. You could get there. into the Barca lounger. You could, if it was your friend, you could talk shit. Mm -hmm. You could punch him in the face a lot too. If you, he's not <laughs> well, your, your friend. Maybe maybe just talk shit. But yeah, yeah, sounds like my kind of thing. I can't wait for it. It's totally fun, and uh, the video turned out great. So that's coming out too. So uh, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to kick ass, man. Very good. Keep up the good work. Seriously, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate I you guys look, having me. I look forward to when this is over and we get to uh, come see you again, man. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'd like to be back. You guys are awesome. Absolutely. Awesome, brother. Have a great, have a great night, man. Yeah. Stay All healthy. Right. Thanks a lot. Bye, Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs>